0: Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one.
1: Welcome to the Opvac cast. I'm Steve Cuff, and joining me, as always, Adam Myros. Hello, hello, Steve Coleman. So good to be here. And Sean Glynnis. Hello. Now, of course, this is our Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 Anticipation episode, but it's also our Oscar nomination reaction show. Uh, you know, a lot of shows do do stuff about the Oscars, and we're not necessarily concerned with maybe the same sort of things that most shows are, because I guess that's just how great we are or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh <laughs> We're more concerned with with some of the bigger ideas going on here. So why do we care about the Oscars? Do we care about the Oscars at all? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: okay. Well, let's let's start there. Why don't you care about the Oscars, Myros? Uh,
2: I I don't know. I I just feel like uh, it's it's an obligation more than anything. More often than not, I I guess it has its its slight merits to me in that it gets me. Motivated to watch films by this certain date, just so I could have something to complain about. But sure, sure. The sure. Uh, the, uh, the
0: uh,
2: uh, there's almost zero. Ex- I was looking through the past ten years, and I want to say I agreed with the best picture choice, which is kind of my thing. I'll focus on one time. Oh wow! <laughs> what what was that?
1: If
3: you don't mind me asking,
2: uh, unpopular choice. Uh, The Artist. I, I oh, strongly agree with The Artist.
3: All right. I, I can't. Uh, I mean, I can't disagree with you, but that's just one of those movies that I, I don't think I'll ever watch. <clears throat> um, but maybe, maybe I'm being do, do you. Do you
1: hate the French, Sean? Is that what this boils down to?
3: Yeah, that's part of it. It's just okay. how I was raised.
2: <laughs> I, well, <laughs> I, you know, I would. I I said the same thing. I think Cuff and I watched it solely for this very reason. Obligation. <laughs> yeah.
1: And it was, I ended yeah, up an
2: obligation on, movie. It was yeah. It was like. It was almost like an Umberto D. type thing. It was just a, a really cute, uh, heartwarming, well-made film. I, I really, really liked it and did not expect to at all.
3: Yeah, I probably wow. just don't. I probably just don't like the marketing.
2: Yeah, it's very true. It was up its own ass pretty hard.
1: Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people, as far as like their problems with the artists and why it probably pops up on a lot of lists of like best pictures that you've already forgotten about. <laughs> is because it was incredibly up its own ass. It was so far up its own ass, it was like poking out of its own throat. Um, but I, I think if you go into it and you kind of throw those expectations out of the window, it's just, it's just a nice movie. It's a nice movie. Hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I, maybe part of the reason is also that I don't like it is because of how inexplicable. Like it, it's like so. Um, it can't be taken apart from like the oscars so it's hard for me to like view it as just a movie and not like that movie it's almost like the oscars produced it <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah i can see that yeah so i don't know that's part of it. but but uh getting back to your question um yeah part of the reason why i like the oscars is uh just logistical or practical which is kind of what you were talking about myros but um i like how they send out all the screeners because for us pirates you can get really great copies of, of movies instead of having to go to the theater. Not that we would
1: advocate that, but uh, no, you got a really good point. Uh, yeah. a, a funny note on that, uh, one of the copies, I can't remember which one it was because I just crammed like a ton of movies in the past three days, uh, but one of them, there was a screen that popped up before the movie started, and it was just like, this is a super secret, digitally watermarked you know, press blah 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 version, and if you put this up on the internet, we'll totally know who you are. And I'm guessing at this point they probably don't know who the person is. Yeah. Uh, Steve, why do you care about the Oscars?
4: Well, I think for uh, reasons that both uh, Adam and Sean just brought up, but um, I don't know. I think that as far as, like, any big awards show out of the entire entertainment industry, I I feel that the Oscars still hold value. Um, I mean, sometimes there are obvious exceptions, but um, I think that audiences just in general, I think, no, can tell a good movie apart from a bad movie, even if you're not educated. Sure, and sure. Whereas like the Grammys, like I think anything that wins a Grammy is just something that's sold a ton of records. Whereas yeah. with uh, the Oscars, it doesn't necessarily have to be this blockbuster film that wins Best Picture. I mean, if it wins Best Picture, obviously that'll help on the box office receipts or the – home video releases, but I think it still has some relevancy and still has some importance, at least as far as like getting decent movies out there. To, to sure, the public. Sure. Yeah. Uh,
1: I also think that, and maybe it's because they're film awards, but the Oscars, every once in a while, they like a good underdog story, uh, so they'll they'll try and elevate a movie that, you know, maybe not everybody's going to go see, and it might not even be a movie that I like, so you know, a few years ago when uh, Once was nominated and then it it won whatever it won and everybody was all happy and crying and, you know, it was a little movie that could. And is Once the type of movie that people are going to watch 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now? I don't know, probably not, but it was, at the time, it was this nice kind of story to go alongside the Oscars.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a a good point and it brings up um, something that I was going to ask. When you talk about, like, it as, like, this immediate thing, um, and also <clears throat> about the narratives involved. Um, I was going to ask you guys um, sort of how, the, uh, how your point of view has changed of the Oscars, if it has, like, maybe since you were 18 years older or whenever you started getting into movies, because for me it was something that, like, um, you know, in high school I thought it was, like, this, like, paragon of taste, and then um, I started to, to um, say I didn't care about it, but really I, I did care about it. And now um, now uh, I kind of view it as more of like like a game show um, sure, sure like a, like a really good game show. Um, <laughs> like like last year some of us <clears throat> just made a ballot and like you know you bet you I mean you could bet on it but more of just like see who wins like it's it's like kind of like it's just entertainment to me now more than more than like the actual art that they're talking about.
1: Sure, sure, yeah. That makes that makes perfect sense. Um, and I'm kind of the same way. Uh, when I was younger, uh, even in my early 20s, I avoided the Oscars. Uh, I remember when I lived with Myros in Kalamazoo, uh, I I was like yelling at him on Oscar night because he was sitting down watching the Oscars, like, "What are you doing? We could be doing so many better things today." <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was literally like I was screaming at him in the living room for watching the Oscars. Uh, because I just saw it as this big, you know, celebration of Hollywood excess and people up their own asses. And yeah, it is a celebration of Hollywood excess and people up their own asses. But that's kind of the beauty of it and why I've come to appreciate it, I guess. It's just the pageantry of the whole thing. Um and I, I think it was was it Steve or Sean, you brought up a good point where you said that it's
4: it's sort of the only award show where it feels like it's kind of legit on some level. Yeah, because, I mean, you can still, like, there's still the element of the underdog story. An independent film can still win Best Picture.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: But um, you're not going to see
1: too many independent albums win a Grammy.
4: Right. Oh, yeah, good point.
1: Um, and another thing that kind of goes along with that is... Uh, I completely forgot what I was going to say. So, well, uh, <laughs> let me, let, go ahead, jump in there.
2: Yeah, let me jump in for a second. I, I, I would say I, I'm almost the exact opposite of the story Steve's telling. Like, it, it meant a lot to me when I was younger and just getting into these sorts of things, and didn't do the legwork myself. It, it was a nice, handy list. It, was a, it yeah. was a, nice celebration of this medium I was coming to love, and. It. I almost view it like voting now. Like it, it. I'm just so beaten down by the whole damn system, and I, I, just, I, I just. I've totally lost interest in participating in the, in the process of it. You know, it's 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 just a, a few words I'll read on the internet at this point. Oh, look who won. Great. That, yeah. that was. Terrible. <laughs> sure. Yeah. A, yeah.
3: That that reminds me. Um, this uh previous semester, I had a student who like told me that him and his roommate had decided to um. Watch every movie on the AFI list.
0: Oh, Jesus! And, and,
3: and like, <laughs> you <They> hate yourself, <laughs> right? And I was like, uh, I mean, I, I now in my life, I, I, and I told him, I was like, you're you're gonna have to sit through some like real bores. Um, but at the same time, like, I remembered probably having that same thought um, mm-hmm. when I was the same age, and and it's a similar thing with with the type of list that you can create just by. Paying attention to the Oscars and things like that,
1: <clears throat> the uh, the Shawshank Redemption film buff.
2: <laughs> yeah, watch, watch less American film. That would be my recommendation to this poor child.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's not going to happen. That's why you know I wasn't going to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's going to yeah sit through like I don't know a couple westerns and just be like no. <laughs> <laughs> so Rio Bravo isn't everything you thought it was going to be. <laughs> oh, bringing wow. up what's this? Bringing up baby more like bringing down my mood. Oh. <laughs> Whoa.
1: Hey, hey, hot take.
3: Uh, <laughs> that was awful.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember what I was going to say about award shows. Uh, and this is something I really do appreciate about the Oscars even when people complain about, you know, hosts and stuff and they're like, "Oh, Billy Crystal, he's mediocre or fucking Family Guy man is annoying." <laughs> Who is you hosting know? this year? I don't is it fa- it's not Family Guy man it's, again. It's
3: uh, no, it's Seth Green. <clears throat>
1: Oh, that's what?
3: awful. No, I'm um, just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he, was, he was the host oh, yeah. of the, uh,
1: the 2014 Slammy Awards, so I thought he was uh, really branching out. Oh. Uh, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, regardless of who the host is, you have to appreciate it as an award show and, and how they pull it off and how they manage to cram so much into it, even when it does seem bloated and it's just, you know, too much to handle. Uh, a great example is uh, there was a, a video game award show, and it had the uh, wonderful creative name of The Video Game Awards... Where you won a statue that was called a video game award, and <laughs> it was it was really bad. Like you could tell they were trying very very hard, but it's it's such a difficult thing to pull off effectively, and there's so many moving parts involved. So yeah, the Oscars are uh, it's it's a polished award show. Well, that, uh, best just you say about it
3: quickly. Uh, like <clears throat> talking about it in um, uh, Dichotomy, I guess with uh, video games, like that that being like a new medium. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wondered quickly, and this could turn into a long tangent, so you don't have to. We don't have to talk about it long. But um, I will cut I,
1: you off and interrupt you. <sighs> I'm not gonna go ahead. <laughs> uh,
3: but but I was wondering, like, how how do you think the Oscars, like, the taste that 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 they have, like now, like you know, the predictable taste that they have. Like, I wonder how that how that was sort of socially constructed by the Academy. Like, did they like see a movie, like. Did they see like some sort of like Western, I guess, or or something like way back when, and was like, this is what it means to like make a good movie? Mm-hmm. And I, I I don't know. I guess you could research this, but yeah, I, there's definitely when
1: you see an Oscar bait movie, you know it's an Oscar bait movie. There's you know there's prestige films, and what does prestige film mean? It means something that's probably gonna get nominated for an Oscar, like it's almost a guarantee. Uh, and there's a lot of those this year, actually. I think. Oh, yeah. Uh more so than most years where there's a lot of movies that are fine. There's no like major huge glaring issues where I'm like, man, this is awful. But at the same time, it's just like, God, stop. All you're doing is pandering to the academy. It's almost like an algorithm that they've figured out and they're just trying to do, you know, check mm-hmm. all the boxes, basically. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I had one major, huge, glaring issue, but we'll get into that a little bit later.
3: <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Tease. <laughs>
1: so After this yeah obviously we we've tried to watch collectively we've tried to watch all the oscar movies um there's or you know the big ones i should say not not everything uh there's always going to be a few that slip through the cracks i i didn't get to the theory of everything unfortunately it's although i i do have a theory about the theory of everything <laughs> If you look at the promotional photos and I noticed this when I went to see Inherent Vice they had this big like cardboard cutout for the you know theory of everything. Just Google Google search Google image search the movie's title. Look at the promo photos and if you didn't know what you were actually looking at tell me it doesn't look like a prequel to Austin Powers. <laughs> it absolutely does. He's got the he's got the crushed velvet suit, he's got the glasses, he's got the dopey hair. I guarantee you if if someone had was not familiar with the theory of everything and i just like you know printed out cut out some of those pictures and handed them to someone they would think it was a prequel to Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> which is why that guy should definitely win best actor <laughs> <laughs>
4: I I'm, I can't disagree with that. <laughs> I don't think it's possible <laughs> at so all. I mean, you know,
1: we're, we're throwing around a lot of opinions, and we're not going to shit on a bunch of movies. But the one thing that I will stand by is that the theory of everything looks like an Austin Powers prequel, and there's nothing that anyone can say to change my mind on that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um,
1: Goddamn! I, how how like how somber would it be if it actually was? Jesus. I, oh, I pass yeah. I
3: passively watched we. I passively watched that like the first 25 minutes of that movie. Um the other night and i just i i just realized it's not the movie for me and i i i just turned it off but uh i just i can't deal with that type of acting um yeah but i guess you guys probably didn't see it but you can probably imagine the type of acting and the the like glasses pushing that goes on perpetually ooh yeah, uh, I, I mean, I've I've had people tell me that, that until he can't scared. push his glasses up anymore. Mm-hmm, until Oy. someone starts
1: pushing the glasses for him.
3: I, I haven't gotten too far That's in the, movie, the third act. Steve. <clears throat> so don't don't ruin it. Oh,
1: <laughs> whoops. Oh. <well. laughs> so, are there any particular categories that you guys care or just don't care about? Like, do the, do the technical uh categories really matter to anyone? Or
3: mm.
1: I, no, no, probably not. No. These f- categories are funny to me because, well, let's, let's kind of back it up a little bit. So a few years ago when they expanded the number of Best Picture nominations, I think it was the same year or the year after The Dark Knight came out. So you had all these fanboys on the internet that are going, finally, people are going to appreciate summer blockbusters for what they really are. And in <laughs> fact, all we're getting is we're getting more Oscar bait movies than normal. And per usual, all of your big blockbusters are you know, relegated to the technical categories.
3: Yeah, I think they just did that to get Batman in the in the Best Picture race. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, as far as the technical um, categories are, um, a year or two ago, I tried to figure out the difference between sound editing and sound mixing, and there's some sort of history there, but um, it doesn't really matter. But it's al- <laughs> it's always funny to hear um, somebody like talk about like the virtues to each and how they, sh- they must be recognized. Um, I don't understand that because hey, they shouldn't. Hey, you know,
1: mixers and editors, they uh, they have beef. You never want to con- you confuse one with the other. It's like yeah, calling yeah, the Kiwi like,
3: an Aussie, man. You're asking for trouble. It's like the Sharks and the Jets of the Academy Awards. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, Yeah, the, the
1: technical awards, they, I mean, they kind of bother me because... And this goes back to the idea of what you know a Best Picture nomination is according to the Oscars and what it isn't. And You could make a pretty strong argument that it's definitely not the best movie on a populist level at all, because um, there's a very strong argument that Guardians of the Galaxy was one of the best movies from this past year, and I think most critics would probably agree with that. A lot of critics would probably put it in their top ten, but... It's not getting nominated for best picture or best anything other than cool-looking CGI. So. Because Chris
4: Pratt already has everything. He does. <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you, the theory do you, of Chris Pratt's everything. Do you? You honestly believe that most critics would put the *Guardians of the Galaxy*
1: in their top ten? I would. I would say a good. I wouldn't. I, okay, most would indicate more than fifty percent, but I would say you would be pushing the fifty percent. Line with that yeah, because it's a, it's a very critically acclaimed film and it's it's inherently likable. It's just really likable.
2: It just yeah. felt critically acclaimed in the same way that all the Marvel movies are. Like it feels like ninety percent of critics gave it a, a six out of ten or something. <laughs> like I haven't heard much effusive praise of the movie. Hmm, hmm. I guess. Maybe I'm not. I used,
3: I, I used to care. I used to care about uh, best cinematography, <clears throat> um, but it's the same people every year.
1: Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Except he never wins. He never yeah, wins. He that's he the never... best part. It's like a running joke. Yeah, and then Emmanuel Lubezki is on it all the time. and <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, they're they're great. They're great, but um, that's not really what cinematography is anymore. It's just like what looks the best, mm-hmm. to me at least. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the, the technical stuff, at this point, it's
1: just, you know, it's something I, I put on our little betting ballot, and that's about it. Um. Uh, so we touched on this a little bit. What do you What do you guys think of this year's nominations overall? I'm on the I, fence. I, I, You're on the fence. board. It, in one word? Yeah, dude. I I, I, want, I want you to do it in one word, Steve. Eh.
3: <laughs> Same. Meh.
1: Yeah. I'm. Uh, I, I would actually do it in zero words. I'm just kind of shrugging my shoulders right now. So I'm I'm on board with that. I mean, it's it's not terrible, but it's not. Great, and it's just—I don't know. I mean, it's just a bunch of
3: Oscar bait, basically. There's some, yeah, there's some that are like, "Oh, that's good. That's good to see. That's good to see." And then it's like Robert Duvall in *The Judge*. Yeah, because of course that—that that almost seems like a parody. Like if you were what if is you're,
1: that? You're a parody movie. It's um. <laughs> Okay, so every once in a while, Robert Downey Jr. has to remind us that he's not just Iron Man, and, he, and he's a serious actor that needs to be taken seriously. So <clears throat> he does, you know... Coke. Yeah, he does Coke. And uh, smaller movies with Robert Duvall. And it's, like, he's a lawyer, and his dad's a judge, and his dad, like, kills a kid with a car or some shit. I don't know. And then he has to defend his dad.
3: Uh, so you got, a you know... Classic. <clears throat> Cla- yeah, Wonder- you should-
2: oh, go ahead. <laughs> I'm wondering if Jamie Foxx shows up with a magic hobo cello and uh, teaches him <laughs> the I was
1: just about to mention the Jamie
2: Foxx hobo cello movie because that's what this
1: is. It's like a genre, a subgenre, basically. It's, it's, it's Jamie Foxx playing Fox the hobo. hobo yeah, the uh, Jamie anyway. Foxx hobo cello, which is something where you go on Rotten Tomatoes, it's at like 50, 60%, so people like it, but not really that much. Um, it's going to get like one Oscar nomination, maybe two. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just something explicitly made <laughs> to get Oscar nominations. It's like, yeah, it's accurate.
3: like, uh, it's like failed Oscar bait.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard to think of ones outside of the Jamie Foxx cello movie because they're so utterly forgettable. The only uh, one Sam. that one, what's that?
4: What about I Am Sam? Oh, that's a good one. There you go.
1: Yeah, a lot of that stuff. August um,
3: Osage County. <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah, that's God, that's a good oh, one.
1: Oh. They're all coming back to me now. <laughs> but yeah, just movies that critics didn't really like until it was time for them to say that they liked things. I I don't know. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a very a very white year for the Oscars. Yeah, that's
3: right. Well, it's uh, you know, it's, it's Every
1: every year is a white year
3: for the Oscars, basically. But um, no, yeah, but this year no. People of color were nominated for their acting prowess.
1: Yeah, uh, which is a little, a little odd. And then <laughs> I, I've seen, I saw a, uh, a wonderful picture, and it showed uh, all the African American women who ever, who have ever won Best Actress. And uh, there's like five of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like slave made, slave made, <laughs> like that's crazy woman. I think that was one of them. And then Whoopi
3: Goldberg. And I'm which, sure if you. <laughs> I'm sure if you line with if if you like picked, (laughs) I lied about that. I'm sorry. If you picked out like all of them that won and were saved by a white person, it would just be the whole, the whole thing.
1: Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, But yeah, I'm glad that Whoopi got recognized for Theodore Rex because it's um it's good. It's probably my favorite movie featuring talking dinosaurs. (laughs) Uh,
3: Yeah. I'm an Eddie fan myself yeah Eddie's <laughs> pretty good saw that one in the theater
1: <laughs> all right do you guys do you guys want to talk about uh, some of the nominees for best Picture this year since we get it, we're kind of dancing around it.
2: Yeah. yeah, let's get into the meat of this second.
1: About that time. Alright, Maros, I know you really wanted to talk about boyhood, and uh I really Ooh. don't because I'm the only person who didn't see it. So I wanna I wanna listen to you guys talk about boyhood and then ask dumb questions about it. So uh take it away.
2: All right, let me start. Uh you know, our edict today was hey, let's not make this whole show about shitting on the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, that's what all the other shows do. Uh
1: we're so, trying so to do so a different podcast.
2: So I'm going to start this conversation off by shitting on the Oscars. Uh, <laughs> Boyhood is going to win Best Picture. You that think so? Like, yes, yes, I think so. I don't think there's another option on the board. I mean, okay. this I like better, but I don't see one that, that's going to go...
3: I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I was wondering that today if it's lost steam since since this all comes down to, like, campaigns. I was wondering if that has lost steam, but it comes in comes back to theaters today, so maybe that maybe that will
2: change. Uh-huh. So anyhow, I, I just watched it in part of my catch up here, uh, and i i i i didn't love it. I, in fact, the more I've thought about it, the, I don't even know that I'd say I liked it at this point. I mean, it's it's hard not to appreciate what went into it, but but I almost look at it like I went over to Richard Linklater's house for dinner, and uh, <laughs> and he he serves me a baked potato. Uh, just plain, just a plain baked potato, and he says, "Hey, uh, you know, I, I spent a, I spent a week making this potato." I, he could have just fucking popped it in the oven for fifty minutes, but no, he cooked it, he cooked the fucker for seven minutes a day for an entire week. And I, I'm just like, "Hey, hey, Richard, do you have any sour cream?" He's like, "No, no there's no sour cream, no cheese, no bacon bits." It's like uh, it's like well yeah, I I man, I'm glad you spent so much time on this, but but why? <laughs> <laughs> boyhood. Film of the year or slow baked potato? It's so like, would you would
1: you rather like watch
3: Would you rather watch the before trilogy?
2: <clears throat> yes, any day of the week. It's uh, the scripts for the before trilogy are like night and day from boyhood. Like boyhood just felt like he didn't write anything, he just showed before up. Before night <laughs> he just he just got to show it up and was like, "All right, guys, now you're this age. Let's say a few things, and that'll be great." And there's like I would, this. if he forgot what he was doing? <laughs> there's a there's a whole like speech at the. I guess the stuff that really worked for me was Ethan Hawke, and the stuff that didn't was uh, Patricia Arquette because the, the Patricia Arquette arc almost feels like it could have been in a Lifetime movie.
3: <laughs> oh, get out.
2: Ah, I just thought it was so pat. Like, if it, it was not, it didn't ring true to life to me at all. And huh? it, and then there, like the, I, there's this whole speech at the end that Ethan Hawke and and the uh, titular boy are uh, <laughs> titular boys. They're they're just dis- they're having this discussion about life, and and he <laughs> says, "Hey, what, what's what's the point?" And I was like, you know that. That's this movie, right? <laughs> like, what? What the <laughs> fuck is the point? What did I get out of this? It had nothing to say to me. Like, it was just, it was, it was a millennial supercut. It had so many uh, hmm. cheap tricks to me that it, it was just like, hey, look, it's two thousand three. I'm using an iPad, and it's like, hey, look here, now we're on a iPad. <laughs> I think I meant to say iPod, and then, and, then, and then the the A just kind of stretched in there. Uh, but anyway, they were like zipping what through we, Xboxes and and it, what if we like,
3: uncovered like an iP- an iPad in the background of like <laughs> something?
2: <very
4: expensive>. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is bullshit.
2: Conspiracy. It wasn't filmed over that time at all. But it, to me, it's like it had so many of those cheap gimmicks. that was like. It's this year. Listen to this song. Look at what we're using now. And then it was it's like think of watching this movie 50 years from now like detached from the scenario. If it, it, it's it it would be a mess. And if you if you look at the film and don't take into account the method in which it was made, I think it's a totally mediocre piece of work, frankly. Just, Sean, um
3: it. No, I respect that opinion and I I could see <laughs> I could see how you get there. Uh, for me, um, it was more of just like little moments that that existed, but didn't seem to even be like trying hard. Like so, so I'm sure like there were moments that were trying really hard, as you say, to like do something spectacular. But it was sort of between those that it stuck out at me and uh, just made sense as I fleshed out the best I could on one one viewing. But um, I don't know, like. I don't think it's like amazing but but like I said like it, it it did seem special to me um for reasons outside of the you know the big gimmick Sure sure Uh well yeah, this, if,
1: this is, if, is incredibly nice and civil I was expecting some some uh <laughs> no. some blood going
3: for blood here but
1: no that's but what,
2: good Well if we have anything nice to say about Foxcatcher perhaps I'll...
3: <laughs> no I'll but before before <laughs> um before we get off boyhood one interesting thing that um I don't know how um, how known this fact is but um, it's come to my attention recently that Boyhood was originally called 12 Years mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. and then 12 Years a Slave came out and it had to be called Boyhood uh, which is just like crazy um, that like, you know, Pitcher charquette's position is immediately pushed to like a supporting um, role whereas, you know, oh. that that might have been Seen differently if it wasn't called Boyhood, especially since the boy, the boy, you know, he's there. But yeah, the titular boy, titular boy's life, um, he, he's just he's there, and sometimes he's the center, but sometimes he's not. Sure, Steve, did you see Boyhood? Nope. Neither did I. Nope. Should
1: we
2: see Boyhood? Probably. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I even I didn't really like it, but yeah, you should see it absolutely. If if only to be a better dinner party guest, right? But I will say I'm
3: excited to I'm excited to see how this is talked about once it is completely removed from um the the you know, the massive feat that it was.
1: Mhm. Sure, sure. Um okay, do
3: you guys do you guys want to move on? Is there anything else you
1: want to say about that before we uh no. All right. I don't think so. Uh let's do, okay do you do you want to run down the stuff that I don't think any of us care about or yes. you, okay let's let's get let's get through that. So I saw Selma did anybody else? No. Okay. No, uh no. I guess I'll try and talk about it. Uh well here's here's a little exercise. What do you, how, what do you guys think Selma is? Do you think it's pretty good? Do you think it's okay? Just just you know uh, if you had to if you had to just guess just guess. Sure. It's yeah, fine. it's perfectly it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fine. It's uh, there's there's some parts of it that that look really cool. Like I guess the cinematography was a little bit better than I expected it to be. I thought it was going to be really like you know paint by numbers. Um, it's certainly timely as far as the themes go. So I mean that's that's a thing. It's an interesting part of MLK's life that you don't really hear a lot about. Um, I think ultimately Selma's legacy will be. Uh, in the DVD player at public high schools when the speaker <laughs> has the flu. That's, I mean, and it's,
3: which Did is you Remember not the say, Titans? No,
1: that's, I was just going to say. <laughs> not Remember the Titans. It's, it's certainly a step above Remember the Titans. Uh, and it's also in this interesting position where Selma is nominated for Best Picture and nothing else. Which is sort of weird because how can you be the Best Picture but literally nothing else is. is even mm-hmm. you know in consideration and then i watched it knowing this and it kind of makes sense like at the end of it you're like well that was that was a fine movie but nothing really sticks out like the the guy who plays mlk is he's pretty good but it's not like a you know mind blowing performance or anything it looks pretty good but it's not going to blow you away it's just it's fine it's so
3: incredibly okay So you're you're saying it's fine that it wasn't nominated for anything else, but it shouldn't have been nominated for Best Picture as well? Basically, basically.
1: Uh, At the same time, I guess you could make an argument that maybe because of what the Academy looks for in a Best Picture nomination, there wasn't anything else that would have easily kind of been slotted in there. Uh, but yeah, Selma's an okay movie, it's just, I don't know, it's it's difficult to dislike, but at the same time, it's hard to get enthusiastic about, which, when you see, like, the Rotten Tomatoes score of, like, 99, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know, I guess I had higher expectations, but at the same time, those could all be 6 out of 10 from critics, so who knows. Um, right. one more thing I want to say about it. Oh, shit, I can't remember what it was. Anyway, yeah, it's okay. I uh, I kind of... I didn't really doze, but like my my attention was sort of here and there. And because the movie is it's sort of disjointed and there's like little pockets of the movie that don't always connect particularly well, it's the kind of thing where you can get up and take a piss break and you're not really going to miss anything that's super necessary for the plot. So it's one of those things, too. Again, good for high school history classes, I guess. I don't know. It's fine. Uh, imitation game. I'm the only one who sat through that. So that's that's, that's another movie.
3: Give us uh, give us your elevator pitch of it.
1: My elevator pitch of your reaction. Okay, so you know how every year there's like one or two boring British movies about like World War 2 and being a spy and that's just kind of like a thing. It's like a subgenre unto itself. The Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy subgenre speech
4: which yeah. is now on Netflix.
1: <laughs> the King's Speech subgenre. Yeah, it's it's just that. It's that. And just like the King's Speech, what are you gonna say? Oh no, it's it's fucking horrible. No, it's not fucking horrible. The only thing I can say is uh, old Benny comes in the uh, the lead role. <laughs> He's uh, it, it's almost like I mean, I, I I kept thinking he was gonna every time he delivered a line I kept thinking he was gonna look directly at the camera and wink at me, just so like I would know that he really wants that Oscar. Um, it's very like every single line he delivers is just. He put so much behind it because you could tell he really, really, really wants that best actor <laughs> award. Uh, so that got kind of annoying. Um, but you know, it's it's fine, it's watchable. I made it through without groaning too much. So, uh, eh. and again, it's it's one of those movies where it's it's got a couple of different things going on. On one hand, it's this you know historical story of a guy who broke the Nazi code because we like Nazi code movies, which is why that uh Everybody loves that movie with Nicolas Cage and the Navajo Code Talkers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know the more interesting story that is kind of how subplot is, to is. the whole thing is the guy who broke the code was uh, a homosexual, and uh, the, you know that was illegal at the time, and you know he ended up getting caught being a homosexual, and he ended up killing himself and all these things, and that almost gets pushed to the side. Like most of that happens at the end of the third act, and then in like the uh, the epilogue. Uh, so and that seems like a more interesting story than Nazi Codebreaker. So I don't know. It's it's fine. It's it exists. Classic J. Edgar. Classic J. Edgar. Yeah, there you go. Uh,
2: yeah, so So this this movie has like the Is it just me or is this movie of like the two things that are like the biggest turn off about bait movies? Like uh, well, A I hate the fact that they make me say the word biopic... <laughs> uh, like ten times in a year. Just yeah, biopic. Uh, is it biopic or bi uh, biopic
1: or uh, which biopic which sounds uh, like just, that sounds like a medical thing. <laughs> mm. Like I went to get my <laughs> yeah it sounds like myopic,
2: which, it is. yeah that, which is I suppose <laughs> kind of act. <ang>, uh. <laughs> it's only it's only interesting but, uh, in two uh, ways. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, like anytime, anytime a movie starts with World War II, I'm like, okay, fuck you. I'm just, I'm fucking done. I've, I've seen you know, enough. Like,
3: un- like, Unbroken? You couldn't pay me to watch the trailer to that movie.
1: <clears throat> yeah, well, the funny thing about Unbroken is another movie that we're going to talk about in a minute, American Sniper, uh, the Clint Eastwood movie. When you see the trailer for Unbroken, I mean, if you're, like, a film buff or something... And I and you don't know who the director of Unbroken is. And I say, who's the director of Unbroken? What do you say? Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. That, I mean, that was <laughs> the first thing that popped into my head.
3: So and maybe he maybe he ghost, uh, ghost rode the director's chair.
1: <laughs> you never know. I I just hope that he's not like I hope that there's not young up and coming filmmakers that are influenced heavily by the movies of Clint Eastwood because then we're in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. That would be oh god that's, that's my nightmare, just a million dollar baby every fucking year, Jesus, oh <laughs> so so what's next? Our heart's beating out of my chest, just thinking about it um well we we could talk about the theory of everything, except we already kind of touched on it, and it seems to fit in nicely along imitation game and uh Selma maybe probably it's probably worse than those two, based on what you've said, where it's just like who cares mm-hmm. and uh yeah, I don't know. It's, if it's not Austin Powers, I'm not really interested. Let's go. Uh, uh, that's that's kind of how I feel about most movies, but. Wh- Let's go to Grand Budapest. Yeah, Grand Budapest. There you go. So I didn't see ago. that one. So if you guys wanna, if you guys wanna talk about that, go ahead. It's it's my
4: favorite out of the entire list. All right, sell, sell
1: me on it, Coleman. Sell me on it.
4: Um, well, at first I find it really interesting that out of all the nominees, it's the movie that was released the earliest. Yeah. And it was back in March or April, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I think um, Wes Anderson, I mean, there are a lot of people who have varying opinions on him now. Uh, I'm still a big mark for Wes Anderson, personally. <laughs> um, I don't think that I'd ever stop. He, I <laughs> haven't not liked anything he's ever done. Okay. Um, that being said, I can understand why... Some films of his are better than others, but what I find interesting about Grand Budapest Hotel is that it sort of seems like the culmination of everything he's been trying to do as a filmmaker.
2: Sure, and sure. And
4: I also find it interesting that um, I know he collaborated on the story with uh, Hugo Guinness, who I believe is the cartoonist for the New York Times. Um uh, which on the surface is a little bit annoying. But um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it's the first time he wrote the screenplay completely solo. So he didn't have Owen Wilson, he didn't have um Noah Baumbach. Uh mm-hmm. I think he wrote with Roman Coppola a few times mm-hmm. too. Um and it I had two viewing experiences. I watched it for the first time on a flight <laughs> in the back Ooh. of somebody's headrest. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I, And I still found it very affecting. I think he does a lot of very unique stylistic things that I don't think are cloying or cutesy or quirky just for the sake of doing weird things. Sure, um, sure. I think there's actual motion to the story. I you know he gets criticized a lot for just being kind of. I don't know. What's a good word? How would you guys describe Wes Anderson? Twee? Perhaps twee. Twee is, is, is a, a word. Whimsical? Twins, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I don't think anything's wrong necessarily with being a little bit whimsical, especially when it comes to film, but um I uh I think it's probably his least twee movie. I would make a strong oh, argument for that.
1: Well, you're selling me on it already.
4: <laughs> um yeah, and I don't know, I got really excited when I saw that he won the best for best comedy at the Golden Globes. Um mm-hmm. and I think that um I, I honestly think he's a little underrated, and um, I'm excited to see his name amongst the list for Best Picture and Best Director.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, well, he's definitely he's definitely underrated in terms of the Oscars. Uh, he yeah. routinely gets shut out. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, yeah, I, and you know, I, I'm looking at his his filmography here, and most of the stuff he's done. Uh, you know, some things I like a lot more than others, but the only movie of his that I can say I absolutely hate. Absolutely, is uh, Darjeeling limited? Um, but yeah, everything yeah. else he's done is, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Even is- Moonrise Kingdom, which is that might be his Twiest movie. I, it was nice. It was charming. You know. Yeah. Um,
4: yeah. Yeah. And I think that uh, this is probably. It makes sense that this is sort of the first film to really break through <clears> that. <throat> <laughs> <laughs> the Oscar glass ceiling. Which sure. sure.
3: It only took him uh, 20 years, so. And one of the one speaking of it uh, in relation to the Oscars, one of the positive things about it, uh, definitely at least, uh, I think between us, is that it involves Nazis and it's not Oscar bait. Yeah,
1: there yeah. you go. I, yeah, I always forget that, that that it's a Nazi movie. And it's not well, The Imitation Game, well, so, so that's, that's
3: kind of, not the legit Nazis though.
2: Like fake Nazis. Fake yeah, Nazis. Sure, sure. I was
3: half, uh, I was half paying attention to that movie. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh ahead. no. <laughs> I, no, no. I mean, I, I'm not saying that's like the, a good thing, but I, I just went to see it and I wasn't in the mood, and I was just like, I feel like I should see it before it leaves the theater. hmm So I don't want to. I, I can't really speak to its quality very much.
1: Man,
2: Wes yeah,
3: is going to be really just, upset when I tell him you said that. Dang it.
2: I guess I, I have a couple notes on it. I, I saw it in the theater. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and in my Wes Anderson experiences, as I was really on board with him. And uh, much like Steve, uh, that Darjeeling Limited, really that, that soured me pretty hard. I was like, okay, I feel like he's just going to continue with the whole uh, exact same movie, Diminishing Returns path. And then Moonrise Kingdom, totally won me back over I was like okay this is different he's doing something totally different and it it was vibrant it was probably my favorite film of that year and uh, Budapest Hotel didn't hit me quite the same way but it's still God, the craft that went into that movie it's it's an impressive film and and an incredibly entertaining film as well and uh, it's not going to win Best Picture, but it, it, what I would say is, is this is one of the things I really love that the Oscars did was expanding the Best Picture category because you would never see a film like Grand Budapest Hotel mm-hmm. or like a few a few years back, like Beasts of the Southern Wild. Those are those yeah. are films that really benefit from this expanded category. Is that right movie good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it I is. Like it. It's really good, actually,
1: and it's it's gorgeous. It looks amazing too.
2: Yeah, it's almost Terrence Malick esque in its its presentation.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, one more thing on Wes Anderson, uh, we didn't mention this, but Fantastic Mr. Fox is uh, dare I say, fantastic. Yeah, yeah I so like that's that. That's a really good movie, really really good. And that one totally took me by surprise because uh, that was a movie he put out right after Darjeeling. So he does Darjeeling, and I want to murder him. And then I hear he's doing like a, a kids movie <laughs> with like little puppet people thing and I was just like this is going to be the worst thing ever and it's it's great it's really charming it's a great
2: movie
3: yeah that was a real palate cleanser
2: yeah I always forget about it but it was great yeah. underrated man underrated
1: uh, okay let's talk about um, well b- before uh, before we get into Whiplash because I think I think it's a good idea to kind of tie American Sniper and, and Whiplash together so maybe, maybe why, we'll talk about
3: why would you say that
1: uh, well, because Sean, I, I read this great article on this uh, on this website www.optimismvaccine.com. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of it. It's it's on the net. It's on the net. Check it out. Huh. Bing it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or use Lycos. Whatever. Whatever. Dogpile.
3: <laughs> is that is that a search engine?
4: It was. Yeah, it still might be, for all I know. Yeah, I mean, and
1: if you're not sure, if you're not sure, just ask Chiefs. You know, he'll he'll lead you down
2: the right path. <laughs> Ask Jeeves if another search engine still exists. <laughs> no comment. Jeeves would answer that? Maybe. <laughs> Presumably.
3: Uh, I want to ask Jeeves right now. Do you think he would get excited about it?
1: That, that might be your finest hour right there.
3: <laughs>
1: what am I asking? Is, is Lyco still around, or what am I asking him about? No, dog piles. <laughs> dog piles still... A search engine. <laughs> What's the over-under on me just getting porn here? Uh, that sounds pretty high. I'm going to go 60-40. Hey, it's there. Um, actually, it's great because the first link is an actual link to Dogpile. Hey. And the second link is from a message board called the Straight Dope Message Board. And it's for a forum post called, Anyone still use the search engine Dogpile? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs>
3: I'd, I'd like I'd like Next, to think next result <laughs> question. What happened to dog pile? I'd like to think that Straight Dope is a blog where they just bring up things each week and talk about whether they're straight dope or not.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That would that, yeah, that'd be good. Is it straight dope? How's it rate right on the dope meter? What's the opposite of straight dope? All for dog pile. Raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> All
4: for dog pile. <laughs> oh god help us.
1: Uh, so yeah, let's talk about Birdman. 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 Yeah. Birdman. I watched uh, it this morning.
4: Harvey Birdman.
1: <laughs> That's exactly what it's about, actually. Sean, so it's freshest in your mind. I saw it in the theater uh, right when it was making its initial run, or whatever. Uh, so it's
3: fresh in your mind. What did you think of it? I liked it. I liked it. I don't think I liked it as much as you. Um, mm-hmm. it, to me, it was it was a really solid piece of entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I I wasn't sure if I Biden or I don't I don't think I bit on anything that was that it was shooting for higher than that. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I was kind of just like okay, uh, JCVD slash the wrestler. Sure, sure, I could see that. But but like different, and I really liked uh, Michael Keaton, um, Emma Stone, obviously, and mm-hmm. Edward N- Edward Norton was fun to see.
1: Yeah, Edward Norton was fantastic. I loved him in that. Uh, Emma Stone I thought was good, but
3: maybe, I, maybe no, I, I meant it. aesthetically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 you um, dog. No, I actually didn't think her acting was that great. Like, that so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I don't think uh I think some of her lines uh felt a bit choppy, but um mm. But actually, one of the things that stood out to me about um, the craft of it, because I usually also don't go for, uh, you know, in my years past the age of 22, I don't go for a whole lot of, like, you know, single take type stuff. You know, I saw the rope. and uh, um, But I liked how it tied into the, to the actual content of the movie because uh, somehow, and yeah. maybe this is a very, you guys can tell me, those of you who saw it but um, maybe this is a very personal thing like experience that I had but um, the fact that you're you're with this camera um, all the time and it's watching this stuff and it's moving beyond the play uh, it made it feel like I was watching a play um, more than like you know like movies like um, um, doubt or something like that people will sure, be like oh sure. it's just it's just a play that they put to a movie um, this uh, which I don't agree with but this um, mm-hmm felt like a play more than any other movie to me because you're watching everything.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's an excellent point. And I think Doubt's a good comparison because if I watched Doubt and I didn't know it was a play, I I wouldn't. I, there's no way I would know that it was originally a play. I mean, yeah. it's kind of talky, uh, but that's that's about it. Whereas when you're watching Birdman, it definitely feels like a stage play. And that's why, you know, the one thing that kind of turned me off a little bit on that movie, I loved it, loved it. But you know, some of the lines were a little bit stilted, uh, especially some of the stuff that Emma Stone did, and uh, a few other things here and there. It's just like, huh. And then I don't know if it, it was necessarily stilted, but it just felt like I was watching a stage play. Like it felt like they were delivering the lines, yeah, like someone in a stage play and not necessarily in a movie. So uh, yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was like
3: cool. it was like meta in a way that was actually like creative, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I would say about it.
1: Yeah, and it definitely it justifies the use of the feeling that there's there's it's one continuous shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I mean, there's obviously plenty of other movies that have tried to do that to varying degrees of success, but most of the time it just seems like a director jerking off and trying to say, "Hey, look what I can do," you know? Uh, and, and this this definitely wasn't too jerk offy to me. It seemed like it was it was a necessary component of it. It, it fit with everything.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm I mean I have kind of a weird relationship with Birdman in that uh I I'm a big I'm a big in your read to apologist and uh <laughs> Yes you are. <laughs> and, I, and the script it, it it's so weird. Like like the when Cuff and I lived in California and we monkeyed around with screenwriting, like this script feels like something like the idealized version of something I, I would have written or or may someday write. Like it, it just feels really personal to me. Like it's exactly the sort of movie I want to see made. It's almost tailor-made for me and then it, it it's uh kind of disappointing when it falls short. Like there's did certain things that I guess I'm probably judging unfairly because I you know, maybe I aspire to write something so similar that when it goes in a certain direction, I would not go. I'm like, why the hell did they do that? Like, I guess my biggest problem with the movie was the actual character of Birdman and, like, the crass humor that they brought in that just felt kind of glaringly against tone in the film. Like, Sure, like, sure. Why is he screaming about balls and stuff? I'm like, it doesn't fit, like, in this movie at all. But, but I will say that... That uh, apparently I've learned a key to uh, filmmaking in this year's nominees, and we'll get into Whiplash in a minute. But apparently, just uh, jazz drumming is really the key to <laughs> jazz, jazz drumming is the key. That's because, how you wrote
1: me in. Yeah, look Bloody at rich.
2: Look, yeah, look at Birdman and Whiplash, and how much more kinetic they are than all these other like bland. <laughs> Dull films on the nominee list, which, well, outside of Grand Budapest, it was not a bland dull. Yeah, th- yeah to if Benny comes that, with uh, playing the drums for the Nazis, that'd be a much better game. Yeah, interesting to note the
4: Buddy Rich Bird... imitation game.
1: Oh, sorry, Steve, go ahead. No, no,
4: sorry. I, uh, it's interesting to note that Grand Budapest and Birdman were both nominated for the most amount of Oscars. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they're both tied at uh, yeah.
2: like nine apiece. They, they, that's very. They should be. I mean, that technically those films are. Gorgeous. So I mean all the technical yeah. aspects they should just clean up on.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm just glad that Inaritu changed tone. Um oh, I'm, my not, God. I'm not an apologist and this I guess like I like twenty one grams for a bit, but this is probably the best one that he's done since his debut. So to be that that was welcome. Well but
1: Sean Sean, wouldn't Birdman be better if like say there was three strangers, right? Totally different parts of the world. <laughs> And somehow their stories converge. Wouldn't that just have been so much better?
3: Yeah, and then they tied it into some biblical um, title slash story that yeah. didn't really mean anything.
2: And and it's all like, is this the story of birds or is this the story of man?
3: There you go.
1: That's that's what it's just, no. Fuck. That. Hey, uh, hey
2: hey hey, Babbles is a great film, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: hey. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. Um, All right,
3: moving on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> As well, yeah, let's just talk about babble for six hours. Let's, <laughs> let's never. babble. Do that. Let's babble about babble. One <laughs> last thing, Sean. Birdman or Russian
3: Ark? I have never watched Russian Ark, and I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, that's how I feel. So that's why I asked you because I figured you'd be the only
2: person. Who's but seen I have
3: it. seen the rope.
2: <laughs> there you go. Or, <laughs> or
3: is it just called rope? I don't know. I think
2: it's just called rope. I believe it's just rope. Yeah. yeah. Rope, rope is cool. coming up.
1: Sure. Uh Steve, any other thoughts on this? Nope. Nothing? Good. I'm All, good. Right. All right. Alright, baby. As long as you're good, I'm good. Uh okay, let's let's get into some of the big ones here. And by big ones I mean things that we have a shit ton to say about. Yeah, who saw American Sniper? I did. No. <laughs> oh, okay.
2: I will never see American Sniper. So. Well, let's watching.
1: let's talk about wh- wh- why are you never going to see American Sniper, Myros?
2: I I don't know unless it's a mean, good decision.
1: But tell me more.
2: <laughs> Perhaps there's a sniper perched in my neighbor's fence to, with it to my head. Uh, <laughs> 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 be a text. watch American, because I I saw Jarhead and I read Jarhead and it was based on an interesting piece of literature. And American Sniper was based on a rah-rah America bullshit. <laughs> Uh, asshole literature, quote unquote literature. I hope they. Uh, I hope they serve.
3: I hope they serve beer in Iraq.
2: <laughs> Essentially, why why are we making a movie about a guy who claims to have shot like forty men in New Orleans? It's written and by uh, <laughs> Tucker Maximum Carnage.
0: Uh. Uh. <laughs> yeah,
2: and so, the
1: puns keep flowing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So yeah, yeah if, I, if, if I wanted a uh, interesting look at the life of a sniper, both during and post war, then then I would watch Jarhead, which is made by Sam Mendes, an actual competent filmmaker, not senile Clint Eastwood. <laughs> uh. He yeah, so he's eighty
3: four years old, and he didn't he didn't get nominated for the best director, but if he would have, he would have been the oldest. Which I guess I, doesn't doesn't really mean anything, but yeah,
1: I I can't, well, and, I, you know, I'd say oh too bad for him, but one who's
2: the oldest now Clint Eastwood
1: years <laughs> ago <laughs> probably
3: like probably like Woody Allen or, or something like that, but um yeah I don't know I I wouldn't have seen this um I I was kind of I saw it in a situation uh where it kind of forced me to see it uh, my girlfriend's parents bought tickets for us to go see it. And um, the one of the great things about the situation was that it happened on accident to be in this huge theater where it had, like, um, leather, like, lazy boys, essentially. Ooh. Um, so I was quite comfortable. Um, American-made uh, leather? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I went was in the, thinking... Was Obama sitting in one of the chairs? <laughs> Hussein? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, uh... I went in thinking it was called American Skyper, and the whole time I was like, "Just use Google Hangouts." But then I know, I right? a better platform. <laughs> uh, but but no, the first so the first like twenty or thirty minutes, as I as I wrote about this week, um, I thought I was in for like the worst experience of my life um, because yeah, it's just like all of the the like biggest douchebags in my high school, my rural small town high school, who like to hunt like. It was it was like all of their character like funneled into like two people and yeah I couldn't really tell if Clint Eastwood was like these people have a lot of learning to do or if he was like these are, these are the these are our heroes um, <clears throat> so that was really uncomfortable uh, mm-hmm. and just just annoying and then um, as it went on like it does it really does render some situations like quite tense, and, and you're like, oh, these are real problems um, that, that they would have that aren't talked about, but that's the thing, like, he talks about them, but then doesn't know how to, or how far he wants to go, because at the end of the day, it's called American Sniper. I don't know why it's called American right, Sniper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really yep. don't. Steve, what, how, why do you think it's called American Sniper? Um. Well, it's <laughs> it's funny you say that. I think part of the reason why it's
1: called American Sniper is because it's the most bland Hello? name they could possibly come up with. Hi Steve, you still there?
4: Sorry, yeah, I thought I lost you guys. Sorry about
1: that. No. Oh. No, it's it's cool, man. It's cool. Uh, I think I think it's I think it's called American Sniper because yeah, it's it's the most bland thing possible. Like at the end of the day, yeah, well Bradley Cooper's American and he shoots people with a sniper rifle, so that's what it's about. And mm-hmm. the reason why I think that's why they chose it uh is because in numerous interviews, the writer uh, Clint Eastwood and Bradley Cooper have all said that they wanted to make a completely apolitical war movie that just which is goddamn hilarious. Then don't give it to Clint Eastwood. Yeah, one, don't give it to Clint Eastwood, the guy who fucking lectured a chair about politics. Two, don't you you can't make you can't make anything without some sort of you you can't make anything that's not political. I'll stand right. by that. 100%. Especially
3: yeah, especially something about the Iraq war.
1: Especially, yeah, it it deals with post traumatic stress disorder and the American military industrial complex. How is that not political? (laughs) That's like the most political shit you can do. Yeah, I I don't. Yeah, it's ridiculous that they would say something like that. Um, and that's kind of where the movie fails the most, I think, is because they're actively just trying to tell the story of an American hero because they think
4: that's being apolitical. Can I ask mm-hmm. a question that I hope doesn't sure. derail this conversation? No, no, much? no. Go go right ahead, Steve. I also have not seen American Sniper, and I don't plan to ever, but um, do they cover the moment where uh, um, he punches
2: Jesse Ventura? Oh, no. <laughs> and I was waiting for that, and it never <laughs> happened. It's bullshit. The... <laughs> yeah. He just got sued for like a million dollars for that. I don't think they could just show and, it. And he <laughs> movie. Hey, this never happened. But he was it's like, no, he really
1: fucking did
4: it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, See, but it that was, would tarnish
1: his good name. You can't do that.
4: What a what a what a terrible sniper. I mean, <laughs> yeah,
3: right. what, um, whether this just means that uh, the movie was uh, better for this or just uh, easier to sit through, but I, I easily thought that it was. Most entertaining movie Clint Eastwood had made since that Angelina
4: Jolie movie. That was really good. Do you guys about the orphan or not the orphan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, yeah.
3: Yeah, about the mother who lost her child. I, I don't remember what it's called.
4: <laughs> That's how good it was. Yeah,
3: <laughs> but but I mean it, it's been years since there was mm-hmm. a movie that that I I mean like I I walked out of the theater during J Edgar like in fifteen to twenty minutes. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I to guess it through guess, Jack and Jill for forty. Jesus, <laughs> 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 how much do you hate yourself? It was free, but uh, fair enough. But yeah, um,
1: they should have been paying you.
3: Um, but uh, I will, I, I will say one thing. Um, talking about how, uh, it, at the end of the day, it really does seem clear that it's about this hero, which, which it shouldn't have been. <clears throat> um, at the so so the last like five, three to five minutes is just like documentary footage. I guess you could call it. Of mm-hmm. the real memorial service, sure, sure, yeah, uh, yeah, which is just really weird in the movie. It like as soon as it comes on, you know exactly what what it is, and you you're just it's like facepalm. But mm-hmm. um, wh- it it had a really weird effect in the theater that I saw it in. Give um, keep in mind this was a a really large theater, um, so lots of people packed opening weekend, um, and then the credits. There's no, there's no music um, during the credits because as we all know, music, you know, that's profane mm-hmm. um, when you're talking about people dying.
2: Should have just played Danny Boy. <laughs> right, so... <laughs> uh, maybe some
3: taps? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, play taps. Taps. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what happened uh, is, is, this is like the most dreaded thing um, for me when I see a movie in the, in the theater is that people start clapping because they don't know what else to do. Um, Yay movie! Yay hey, movie! And, and I, uh, uh, my girlfriend and I were just like, "No, please stop!" Um, and then the, the theater was so packed and it took so long to get out that it felt like we were at the memorial service. Uh, and I highly doubt that that was like uh, Clint Eastwood like machination, but like it it just felt terrible. So I I couldn't do anything but try and make stupid jokes like as loud as I could just to, as an icebreaker. Um, but uh, a Couple people that I um, met the other night said that they saw Selma um, on MLK Day, and mm-hmm. the same clapping, like clapping, happened at the end of that movie. And at first, okay. I was like, oh, I hate when that happens because like the performers can't hear you, like like I, I don't know what purpose it's, it serves. Um, sure, sure. But they 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 kind of um, uh, persuaded me that at least in this instance, like it's people like in a communal. Like belief about something, but I guess you could say that about American Sniper. It just, it's just a, it's more annoying at something like yeah. American but like, sniper. what's what's the
1: belief system of, of American Sniper? That America is good. Is that what we're applauding?
4: I don't. See, if I, it were why I, I you... would have went and complained to management. Why wasn't there a 12-gun salute? Ah, see. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think maybe
3: you're bringing up a point that. Um, Steve, that he just didn't know how to end the movie. I mean, sure. not, conscious, not consciously, but he was like, you know, a lot of flags and a real footage thing here would give people the idea that that this is, this really ended where where it should have. Oh, and uh, it's all, it's all pathos,
1: hand. man. It's just this big emotional, like, oh, huh, feel patriotic and sad. It, it's just yeah. it's so
3: hamfisted. And it worked because before we went into the movie, there were people um, still in the in the foyer who had just seen it. And some guy said to me, uh, because we were trying to find how to get into the theater, and he goes, going to see American Sniper? And, <laughs> and, and, and he was he was like our age, you know, like late 20s, thirty, <clears throat> And he was like, he said that, and we said, yeah. Trying to find it, and he goes, best movie I'll ever say. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> were you like, I, I don't know, Citizen Kane? <laughs> I said, well, I didn't say anything. I walked away.
2: <laughs> but <laughs>
1: you, you, should have, you should have walked out and whispered, "Enemy at the gates" was better.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it, th- and that would have been perfect because it would have pissed him off. He would not have known what you were talking about. And no one actually remembers "Enemy at the Gates." Well, well, no When it came
3: out, yeah. Owen I should Wilson. have been like, uh, "Well, if it's if it's anything like behind enemy lines." <laughs>
1: Well, you're bringing up a good point, sort of here, Sean, which is, you know, this this is a movie that's nominated for Oscars. It's, you know, supposed to be this prestigious film by a prestigious filmmaker. Uh, what what's the difference between American Sniper and Black Hawk Down? It's a good question. That's kind of what
3: what I uh, was talking about uh, in the piece I wrote um, with with the rivalry between the snipers. <clears throat> Uh, Did you feel like that was as ridiculous as I did?
1: It it did seem a little bit silly and cartoonish. Uh, I can see why he put it in there, and the reason is, if you look at the entire middle of the movie, okay, Mm -hmm. so you basically have like little short segments from each one of his tours that he went on in Iraq. If you were to take all of those segments and shuffle them up, it would still be the exact same movie. So... (laughs) Literally, mm, I would say it's a two-hour movie, maybe about an hour and 15 minutes of it. You could change everything around, except for the sniper storyline, which is the only thing that has kind of a clear line through it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it doesn't really have... There's no arc to it at all. It's just like, hey, this sniper's kind of a dick, and he's shooting people, and then his buddy's like, you give him hell for me,
3: hoorah! And then he's like, all right, little buddy, I'll do it for you. Oh, yeah. It it also does that really, really really annoying thing where um, somebody's talking about how great their life is going to be or, or, um, you know, like great things that they're going to do or, or moments that they're going to share with somebody. And then 30 seconds later they get shot Mm -hmm. or the last, or the last time somebody sees another person, obviously unknowingly, they stare at them one second longer. Mm. -hmm. Mm. -hmm. Yeah. He telegraphed that
1: pretty bad. Uh, like as soon as spoiler alert, uh, when they're in the Humvee and he's with his friend and the guy's like, yeah, I just bought this ring. Can't wait to get married. Are you going to be my
2: best friend? <laughs> just like, I'll count down to extinction for this guy.
1: Was, um, there like a, was there like a last
2: day on the job? It's my last <laughs> day. i <I'm laughs> <here> three <laughs> weeks. <laughs> yeah, that was basically... it. This oh, sounds my. like a Pass It On commercial.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now,
1: going back to like the, the how political this movie is, or, and, and how it tries so hard not to be, why, why do they just come out and say, why didn't Clint Eastwood just make the fuck yeah America movie that he clearly wanted to make? Like, that's okay. It just commit to it. For the love of God, fucking commit to it. Don't make a movie where your protagonist is clearly trying to deal with post-traumatic stress disorder, and then the solution at the end is he magically doesn't have it anymore because reasons... <laughs> and then that's it. They, there's, there's. He literally does nothing. So basically, what it tells me is post-traumatic stress disorder only affects you until you go on four tours of Iraq, and then you kind of just get your shit together after a while. Like, it, it loops back around or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, like a cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat>
3: and another then the thing, thing... Oh, go ahead. Uh, another thing about the story is that it is about... Like, this guy's story is so unordinary... The only the only thing about him that sticks out is like his shooting count and his skill but like other than that so so that's that's just something that he has that's not like anything moral um like the rest of his story it could be anybody
1: sure sure yeah aside from the statistics that's about it
2: well maybe if yeah. you handed it to a more subversive filmmaker who included all his elaborate lies as as fact in the movie or something. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. If there were there a scene of him just murdering some guy in the Texas desert, then uh that, that might be another layer I'd actually be interested to see. But unfortunately yeah. I don't think Clint's gonna go there. <laughs> No,
1: yeah, well, and maybe, that's, maybe. that's how I feel about a lot of this movie is there's little parts of it where it's just like if you would have teased these things out a bit, you you have a much more interesting movie that is trying to say something, but it just doesn't say anything.
3: Well, Myro, since your Birdman um, screenplay was already written, maybe you should go to work on uh, I Hope They Serve Beer in Iraq.
2: Yeah, I'll get it right now. <laughs> <laughs> be a big hit.
1: And it's difficult to criticize this movie because – and this is this is one of the ways where Facebook really differs from Twitter because, you know, t- Twitter you kind of curate the things that you're seeing where Facebook you inevitably have these assholes that you went to high school with or you had friends of friends and it seems like there's a lot of people that are like, if you don't like American Sniper, you don't like America. Like, you go who's, hand in hand.
4: Uh, I had a friend whose status update was, Clint, you've done it again, you magnificent bastard. <laughs>
1: Did what
3: again? Fucking bored <laughs> me to tears. <laughs> Change the word ben, magnificent. I, I'm bored a, with it. What a follow up to trouble with the curve.
1: <laughs> I want to make that my, my Facebook status update right now.
3: Oh my God. Best thing since the shooting of that one person. What was the name of his first movie?
1: Oh Jesus, I don't know.
3: <laughs> I know. Clint Eastwood's first movie? Yeah. Like the one that he directed. Wasn't it Unforgiven? Mm, I think it's something. I don't know. It doesn't
1: matter. Let's move on. Yeah, okay. Well, the last last thing I want to say is um, Sean Hannity has been talking a lot about this movie, and he's oh, like, well, Jesus. it's obviously going to get snubbed because it's a movie about America and war, and it's like, motherfucker, <laughs> have you watched a movie in the past five years? <laughs> hmm, let's see it, movies that have won awards. Uh, Zero Dark Thirty, uh, The Hurt Locker, what, what the fuck, man?
2: What are you right. talking about? Zero Dark Thirty was robbed of that best picture. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> Christ.
1: Okay, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, let's let's move on. Uh, American Sniper, I don't know. If you vote Republican and you don't like to think about movies and you don't care about the effects of post-traumatic stress disorder on American soldiers, then uh, enjoy. Let's talk about Whiplash, because I like Whiplash. Yeah, yeah. And then Who we'll end on a sour note with Foxcatcher. I saw Whiplash. Did, did all of us see Whiplash? Steve, did you see Whiplash? I didn't. Oh, my God. You've got to get on that, my friend. That's that's the one you need to see. That That's the one you need to see. And yeah. I think, Sean, you put it best. I texted you after I saw it. I was like, holy shit, this was awesome. And you called it exhausting, which I think is yeah. the best way to describe that movie. It, but in the best but, but way, but not so exhausting. Yeah, it's not
3: not not in uh breaking the waves type exhaustion. Uh, <laughs> it it's um it's, it's it, it was the most exciting movie I had seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's so exciting that you're worked up especially at the end you're you're worked up but but really throughout um like there there are climaxes that are sort of perfectly placed where that you you're you're blood pressure or whatever, doesn't really lower. And then by the end of the movie, it's worked up so high that that uh, it's, it's uh, euphoric when it ends.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, by the end of the movie, I was, like, white-knuckle clenched and, like, sweating mm-hmm. <laughs> during the last sequence, which is... I mean, there's very few movies that can do that to me. And I had no expectations for this at all. I thought it was just going to be, like, you know... Jazz drumming and a drill sergeant asshole, which I mean, I guess that that's kind of what it's about, but it's so much more than that. Uh, and the way that the music and the movie work together, like mm-hmm. you, you can't separate the two at all. They're completely intertwined, and it, it works perfectly. And the director, he's done a couple of things. He wrote some shitty horror movie. I think he wrote like like yeah. a follow up to a found footage horror movie or something. And then he did another movie about jazz musicians. So clearly he understands the culture. He understands what jazz is about, uh, and it really it really comes through in, in the in the filmmaking.
3: Yeah. So. yeah, It's it's one of the few movies where the audience plays the titular role.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> What's this?
2: Whiplash. Uh, just I think our titular, titular count is up to like it's twelve. <laughs> How did you feel about it, my I, <laughs> I was blown away by it. I, I again, I watched, and I, I'm glad you saved me for last because I kind of wanted to spin it into Foxcatcher. Is they, oh, gosh, <laughs> they, they they were like polar opposites for me. I kind of watched them both with the exact same expectation going in. You know, Oscar, baby, uh, we've got some good acting. Uh sounds. This sounds kind of boring. Oh, there's a, a drummer. Uh, who gives a shit? And, God, this Chazelle guy, good Lord. <laughs> I, watch out, man. That this When you describe a thriller as, like, edge of your seat, this this was more edge of your seat than any thriller I've ever seen. I was, like, I was tensed, and I was just, like, staring at my screen. And, it, you know, it just built and built and built, and it was so energetic. And mm-hmm. it was just a wonderful film. This So it was great. Yeah. And it took this really simple premise... Really uh familiar plot beats and it just ratcheted it to eleven, you know. It was mm. yeah, I of a few
3: I really I, I rarely um say like I wish I would have seen that in the big screen, but that was a movie while I was watching it. I was like, man, I really should have. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. that's that's the sort of movie if, if my if my crowd would have got up and applauded after the movie, I'd have been like, Okay, <laughs> alright. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I just got off a goddamn roller coaster. I uh, feel free to fucking applaud. That was it was just Wow, I was mm. blown away by every aspect of the movie. I thought it was totally—it is by far my favorite movie of the year. thus far. Yeah, wow, absolutely.
4: I'm, I'm actually gonna go see it tonight. you, you should. should. And Paul Reiser's in it. He is, and he's so awesome. I was so excited. With that. <laughs>
2: yeah,
4: I mean, he doesn't really do a lot, but
1: you know, just just—he's got that presence that I love from him. No.
2: Yeah, I didn't even know he was in it. After watching the movie, and I was like, What so can ridiculous. I say? I, I'm, I'm mad about him. <laughs> Yeah, I was listening to some stuff, and it was like, hey, yeah, Paul Reiser was pretty good. I'm like, Paul Reiser was in that fucking movie? It's like, oh, I guess he was the dad. Uh, yeah, he's kind of <laughs> old at this point.
3: He's <laughs> almost too old to be the dad, too. which is weird. My two yeah. dads. <laughs> <laughs> and then you watched Foxcatcher, which if I would have um, predicted the Oscars like in November, I would have definitely saw that at least nominated. Sure, sure.
2: Which it was nominated for many things it ought not have been. Uh, This is like you were talking earlier about films that were failed Oscar bait. Like this reeks of that. Like I I can almost not believe it's still in the discussion. Like it's the sort of movie I expect to see in like February when they're like, oh, we we wanted this to be Oscar bait, but then we saw it and it was such a pile of shit that we had to (laughs) – There's 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 a couple of those that. that are floating around, man. Well, i I can almost guarantee none of them are worse than Foxcatcher. Like, I, I. Oh. What about Black Hat? You see Black Hat yet? I, I don't care. Michael Mann cannot make a movie worse than Foxcatcher. It's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I understand. Like, Foxcatcher was almost the exact opposite experience for me. Like, when I read the synopsis of Whiplash and Foxcatcher in prep, I was like, okay, this, this movie has a, uh, an interesting premise. Mm-hmm. Like the, the true story. The true story is pretty fascinating. I like the idea that Bennett Miller had to kind of film it like it was a as a, a cult scenario, like a cult of personality or something. But it was a total folly on that front. Like Steve Carell, I'm not gonna say he was it was poor acting. I'm just saying like I, I blame the entire thing on Bennett Miller. Like I
3: don't well, know. I mean, as I tweeted to all 125 of my followers. <laughs> um, I couldn't not think about Prison Mike Scott Carell, Scott Carell as Michael Scott from The Office doing Prison Mike, <laughs> like the whole time.
2: Well, which I, I don't think
3: he was going for.
2: Right, I I thought he was I thought he was terrible, and I thought he was distracting, and uh, I thought he was a big cartoon weirdo, and and the fact that they were trying to frame it as like this cult scenario where Steve Carell is like, you you know, I don't think Bennett Miller understands what a cult is or why. <laughs> Why people would join a cult I, I, the central figure has to be this magnetic force which Carell embodies the exact opposite of and yeah yeah it's it's it,
3: he just everything. didn't know he didn't I, I think he was just like this is a really interesting thing, and I'm just gonna get out of the way of the story but he, it left yeah. us with nothing
2: <laughs> I, it felt so false like there was no character motivation at all like everything right, that happened, right. everything that happened just flaccidly happened it was like. Chan, well, I like the aspect that Mark Schultz, apparent with a real life character that Channing Tatum plays, uh, it, Wait, who, who also
3: did a poor job, I think.
2: Uh, I, again, I, I don't think either Carell or Tatum came in and did a poor job acting. I think they were given, like, I think they they were they, they were poorly conceived characters. Like, sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I don't both... know. I I don't know. He seemed
3: to slip in and out of of uh, I, I didn't know what to expect. In terms of like what his
2: voice was going to sound like from scene to scene, but go on. Right. I well, I guess the the aspect that fascinates me is that Mark Schultz was was so furious with Bennett Miller. What what is going on here? Uh, uh, someone is
1: that. What is that? Sounds like,
2: like someone's someone decided to slap their mic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: it <laughs> sounds oh, like it sounds guys. like.
1: <laughs> did you me. just did you put the phone next to your butt and just slap your cheeks if you can?
2: <laughs> no, I. uh, Whoops,
4: sorry guys.
1: continue no, it's fine. Anyway, anyway.
2: anyway, continuing. Uh, yeah, Mark Schultz. <laughs> Mark Schultz essentially had like a a Twitter backlash. You know, fuck Bennett Miller. This guy's a jackass. Like, and he was mm-hmm. so angry that Bennett Miller had left in this one like twenty second scene where he was wrestling with Steve Carell at night, and it was like a homosexual. Undertone and the implication of that infuriated Mark Schultz. I'm like, this is what you're angry about, not the fact that you were you were portrayed in the movie as like uh, mentally disabled. Like he he's like the dumbest character I've ever seen. He can't. He's a an Olympic wrestler who can't wrestle unless Mark Ruffalo just he says, "Hey man, here's how to wrestle." And he forgets it 30 seconds later. then Ruffalo to like he just he just sits around. Like Tatum looks like Sling Blade in the movie.
0: <laughs> some
3: then, people
1: call it a
2: fox catcher. <laughs> Talking about a double feature. Yeah, and then it's just, yeah, at some point he, he hates Steve Carell, and then Steve Carell. Shoot the guy, <laughs> and and none of it is done for any reason. There is no motivation.
3: Yeah, I think any that's, character in the that's entire what, movie. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's well put, and that that's the only thing I could say about it. When I when I watched it, I was like, I think this is supposed to mean something, but I <laughs> but I don't know what that would be.
2: Right, that's to me like the total like why I compare Foxcatcher Whiplash so much is is that, that well, a they both involve really fucked up power dynamics. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and B, it's like, the one movie takes this simple premise and elevates it to great art, and the other movie does the exact fucking opposite. It takes this really interesting premise and just fucking pisses it into the, the old wind right there. It, it's yeah. it's one of the most flat and useless movies I've seen in some time. If it weren't for, <laughs> I like that, d- useless, that's good. <laughs> if it weren't for Interstellar, it would be far and away my, my most hated movie of the year, I would say. So, um, <clears throat> wrapping up the best picture thing, uh, does anybody
3: not think *Boyhood* is going to win?
1: It seems like the runaway, I mean, how could, how could it not? It has to win, unfortunately, but, you know. Well, I, I shouldn't say
3: unfortunately. I haven't seen it.
2: But, well, it's uh, not better than Whiplash, I'll say that. Right, well, but yeah. in terms of what's going to win... Right, yeah, it's gonna win. There's not. There's. What's the other contender? Like, what's another Sniper? movie that could even sneak up? No,
3: you know, which... Sniper's getting all of that backlash now. Yeah. Uh, and Selma doesn't have enough. Yeah, yeah. I don't,
2: I yeah, I don't think it's Bird there's
3: Birdman. I don't know.
2: I think Birdman. Birdman, Birdman, has, Birdman has the same problems that Boyhood does, though. It just it's a little early in the year. It's kind of lost momentum. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Like, I don't see that sneaky come from behind. If it, if anything, I think it's Selma just because of the the. Racist backlash thing going on right now. Sure. Might just make a bunch of old white guilt pop up and go, hey, we're voting for this. (laughs) No, we've never seen that before, though. No, never.
3: Never. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, here's here's uh, a
2: question. One quick question. Yeah.
3: Uh,
1: If Grand Budapest Hotel was released in the middle of December, the end of December, would it be uh, a a contender for Best Picture? An actual contender?
2: No.
4: Coleman, (laughs) what do you think? What do you got? Uh, probably not. Oh that's depressing. That's, that's a
2: good question. It is, it is depressing, but No. Wes Anderson's not an Oscar filmmaker. It's just not. Fair enough.
3: Fair enough. Um, so uh what do we think um what do we think should have been nominated that wasn't?
1: <clears throat> sure, that's yeah, that's a good way to transition this out. I here. call
3: it, I call it a segue.
1: Good segue. I,
4: I was uh, curious to see that, like, Inherent Vice was surprisingly not nominated for a lot of things that I thought it would have been nominated for. If sure, w- sure. If it would
3: have been nominated, I think it would have only been for the sake of, of uh, Anderson's name on it. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, right. If
3: if it was directed by like a first time first timer who had the same access
4: to actors, it probably still it would have gotten even less consideration. Yeah, sure. Well, I, I heard that, that there was um, a lot of buzz around Martin Short maybe getting a best. <laughs> best Supporting Actor nomination. Seriously, like, uh, yeah. I was kind of surprised that he didn't show up. Uh, you greedy, you greedy hippie.
2: He wasn't in the movie very much. Oh, <laughs> you greedy
4: little hippie. He was,
2: yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, he was pretty good in it. I, I uh, will say, it's, I think it's nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. I want to
3: say something and like it, cinematography it, or something. I think too. costume I think, design actually. Costume, yeah, yeah, costume
1: design, and uh, which it won't win costume design because Wes Anderson. Um, and there's a few other things down there that are really in its way, I think. Well, uh, yeah, agree, is... Budapest, Into the Woods, Maleficent, and whatever the fuck Mr. Turner is.
3: And adapted screenplay, it got.
1: <clears throat> yeah, adapted screenplay. I didn't love Inherent Vice, but if it's gonna win one thing, it should win adapted screenplay. Absolutely. I, yeah, agree. I agree.
3: Yeah.
2: It's a damn near impossible thing to adapt Pinchon to a screen, and it felt totally like a Pinchon work. So I yeah. would say I, I would say it's definitely deserving of that. But if if there's one thing I think it should win that it's not nominated for, uh, Josh Brolin. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. That pancake scene, good lord, I could watch that on a loop. Josh right. Brolin was incredible
1: in that movie.
3: But he was no Robert Duvall in the judge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the Academy will be the judge of that. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, the Judge really feels like it feels like a sketch comedy thing where they're making fun of Oscar bait movies. Good fucking lord.
2: Well, I will say my mother loved The Judge. She, she, she saw it in the theater and she was like, "You got to go see The Judge." And I was like, "What? What the? What the that's, fuck well, that's that's what it kind of that's what it kind of feels like." And same with uh, Hobo Jamie Fox playing a
1: cello. Right. Yeah. Who goes to that movie? It's people who are over the age of forty and they live in the suburbs and they just yeah let's go see a movie but not like not like a big budget stuff exploding movie let's go see this see homo, do,
2: hobo hobo was kind of weird to me because it was, it was the director <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna do a whole podcast on Hobo Chill. On Hobo Chill, yeah, but it was uh, it was the director who did Atonement, and I thought Atonement was like yeah, I know really beautiful and a yeah. really interesting movie for that sort I of. Started first reading, I started I was
3: like, I start. I started reading a book called The Soloist because I knew that The Soloist was adapted because I was so excited because what's his name was attached because Atonement I I I love as well, and yeah. it turned out uh, for better or worse um, that I started reading a. Book called the Soloist that had nothing to do with Hobo Cello's. Oh no! <laughs> Probably for better.
2: Yeah, yeah. But once that trailer dropped, I was like, "No, I don't care. I don't care how good a tome it was. I'm not, I'm not watching that movie." I sure.
3: like how I like how uh, phonetically similar Hobo Cello is to Coachella. Coachella, yeah, same crowd. Anyway, uh, is he playing I Coachella? <laughs> I wouldn't um, be surprised. <laughs> I would go. I would go with uh, Nightcrawler um, easily. Um, I, th- I think that could have been nominated uh, for Best Picture. I also mm-hmm. um, maybe I'm, maybe this is more of a hot take, but I think Wild could have. And, and both in the sense that I think it was one of the better movies of the year that I saw, and also it fits the um, Oscar mold for the except for the fact that it's there's no men in it, uh, which, which is a big problem. Um yeah, I can see that. <laughs> and and when when I yeah, when I saw the the Oscar noms, uh, this is when I start to question and figure out like or or is it just arbitrary the amount of number uh the amount of movies that are nominated for best picture because it's up mm-hmm. to 10. It's like 5 to 10 and it's like why do you stop where you stop and why can't you just throw on like whatever had the ninth amount of votes. mm
2: mm-hmm. Mhm. I assume it's like a, a sports Hall of Fame issue where you have to have an X percentage of votes to get in under the uh, final ballot or something.
3: Yeah. Well, either way, um, <clears throat> Wild and Nightcrawler for me makes now sense. Now it's
1: with Nightcrawler, and I haven't I haven't watched it yet. It's it's sitting on my hard
2: drive, waiting uh-huh. to be watched. Yeah, you should have uh, watched that instead of one of these other dull. I films.
1: <laughs> I know. I was trying to do my my pod my podcast duty here and watch a bunch of bullshit that I didn't want to fucking watch. Um. Nightcrawler if Nightcrawler is made by a guy or a woman who isn't a first time filmmaker, does it get more consideration for yeah.
2: yeah,
3: if David Lynch does it um, for sure
2: well Fair i uh, I would say it, it really felt like almost a nicholas winding Reffin movie i uh I think that if it was made by a not first time filmmaker it would have been a lot better film like huh. i i don't I thought it was really. Good, I just thought that Gilroy yeah. was kind of the weak link. Like, I thought he had a lot of big ideas he couldn't really execute quite right.
3: But I liked, yeah, yeah, and, and that's a fair point, but there's something about the, the extra textual narrative that I like about a first-time directors that I don't go in with any, any sort of uh, preconceived notions. Sure, sure. sure. And that's, that's helpful.
2: Well, that that is helpful. Except Whiplash kind of went out of your way to like guide you to these other tentpole movies that you've yeah. already seen. Like, eh, yeah. it was like, oh, this is not Taxi Driver. No, this isn't Network. It's 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 aping these movies pretty bad. But but then again, it's still hyper compelling. And it, it, like he pulled off some great set piece uh, scenes in that film. There was some sequences that are as good as anything I've seen all year. I just didn't think the narrative was. That strong, I thought it was a little heavy-handed. Yeah, fair enough. Fair but Jillian, but Hall, there's a the snub. He was fantastic.
3: Yeah, I I I asked my girlfriend while we were watching it in the first uh, probably like five to ten minutes. I was like, because I was watching it on um, you know uh, a torrent, and I was like, is this speeded up? Like, is it like one point five, like fast forward or something? Because his dialogue um, is so affected. Eff- uh, it, mm-hmm. It's it's weird. Huh. All right. Well, I'm
1: actually gonna watch that. Maybe I'll cleanse my palate from all the uh, bland shit that I've been watching lately. Yeah, not a bad um, choice. So, Coleman, what do you got for us? Anything that you thought uh, got snubbed? Something that was a favorite of yours from 2014 didn't get nominated?
4: Um, obvious child. But I think that yeah. kind goes into our discussion about uh, just Oscar or the Academy not recognizing comedy.
2: Sure, sure. Let's yeah. do it.
4: Let's do it. Okay. Yeah,
2: it. yeah we can transition into that cuz my my pick would also be part of this genre film discussion. So, let's let's just get So, I on. guess
3: I guess we kind of talked about Grand Budapest as a comedy. Why mm-hmm. do you guys why do you guys think that that made it um past like the comedy
4: threshold? Um I mean, it's not like a They mention Nazis comedy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they do mention Nazis. <laughs> yeah. And it's clearly an art house picture too. Mm-hmm. Um, tourist pedigree.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, and yeah, with with Wes Anderson movies, again, I haven't seen Grand Budapest yet, but uh, he tends. It's not just straight comedy. He does a lot of other things in his movies too. Um, yeah. Whereas I don't think we're ever going to see a movie that is without question just a straight comedy ever get nominated
4: for much of anything. Right. Uh, the, well, I mean, Bridesmaids was an interesting case from three years ago. Did that oh, get yeah. nominated? Maybe. What did that get nominated for? Uh, Best Actress. Huh. Oh, Best oh, Supporting okay. from Melissa McCarthy. Sure, I sure. seem to think got Best Original Screenplay. Huh.
3: Um, yeah, I was going to say like uh, Juno or something for picture back in like 2008.
1: Yeah, and but the thing with Juno is it falls into the big that picture, picture type discuss, stuff. Yeah, it, the, the thing we discussed earlier with, okay, well this is the year we're going we're gonna, to Take our little indie darling and we're gonna we're gonna groom it and push it and yeah. a little engine that could. So it kind of creates the narrative around the awards show.
3: Yeah, it was the year after uh, that piece of junk. Uh, little Miss Sunshine. Oh yeah, there you go. Oh
2: god.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's a PTSD. Boy, <laughs> you guys, you just guys didn't like it. All you gotta do is watch Little Miss Sunshine four more times, Myros, and then you'll be fine. Ah uh, yes, four
2: tours, <laughs> <of> Sunshine. <laughs>
4: I was surprised it didn't come up when we were talking about Steve Carell earlier. Oh, yeah.
2: i flocked it from my memory.
1: (laughs) The only thing I like about Little Miss Sunshine is the creepy-ass, like, child pageant thing at the end was just so weird. And that was before, that was like a pop culture thing, you know, because now they have, like, pageant kids, the show. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it was so weird seeing that shit. Like, it was surreal. But other than that, yeah, it's pretty throwaway. I'm an indie movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... And in discussion of comedy and also animation, I really, 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 really liked the Lego movie, like, a lot, probably more than I should. And the fact that it's not nominated for even Best
3: Animated... And there's only, what, two weird. or three? There's, like, three? How many are nominated here?
1: I don't know. I know Big Hero 6, Box, Box Trolls, Trolls,
2: and Arch- then...
3: Oh, Song of the Sea and Tell the Princess.
1: Yeah, so...
3: Okay, okay.
2: I don't even know what those other two are. I guess yeah, I don't know what they are either.
3: Um, yeah, Warren, that but that's weird. Um, I guess maybe we're maybe there's something to how to train a dragon dose that we are missing out on or just aren't informed about because yeah, we is don't is there have an kids. animation formula. Yeah, I I don't know.
2: I've <laughs> seen I, plenty of DreamWorks movies. They're usually not. No, no. I I can't imagine. I, that I that have thing.
3: a I have a close friend who works for DreamWorks and also says the same thing. <laughs>
1: It's Can he a, get me a uh, signed DVD copy of Kung Fu Panda 2, signed by the titular Kung Fu Panda? Uh,
3: yeah, by tomorrow.
2: Um, <laughs> his, his friend is not Jack Blacks. <laughs> <laughs> if he could just FedEx that to me overnight.
3: Yeah. Anyway, uh, but uh, Big Hero 6 and Box Trolls are both on my list of things that I've wanted to see for a long time.
1: Mm-hmm. I've heard Big, a lot of good Big things Hero about Six Box Trolls. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, I'm sure they're both fine. It just seems weird because like Big Hero 6 and Box Trolls, I think a lot of people liked them, but it was a case of well they're good, but they are what they are, whereas the Lego movie there was a lot of side conversations about it and how, you know, it subverts a lot of things that we see in kids
3: movies. Um it seems so so closely related in my memory, though I've only seen one of these movies, 2 Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just the Chris Pratt through line.
1: It could it could be the Pratt. It could be the Pratt.
4: Oh, I think like the discourse that surrounded when the nominations were announced, like that was like the biggest snub that everybody talked about. Yeah, Mm -hmm. was the Lego movie. Um, Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, there's it it wasn't a great animated year, like you would think. Something that got that level of acclaim, there was no Pixar film or anything like that.
3: Was Big Hero Six sort of uh, what I heard from one person was that it was a Pixar formula? Is that true? Yeah, it's
1: it is to a degree. Um, it's kind of like a, a Pixar version of like the Avengers or something like that. Yeah,
2: that that'd be what I heard. I heard the narrative was that it was more like a, a Marvel film. Mm-hmm. A Marvel
1: well, the whole film. third act is if you've seen the end of the Avengers, you've seen the end of Big Hero Six, basically. So it's The Incredibles. Uh, ah, yeah. not <laughs> so of, worse. Yeah. No, okay. I don't know. I like, aye, I, like I like the the characters and I like the world building in Big Hero Six a lot. Uh, the characters are great, actually. Um, the one complaint I have about it is it's like an hour and 45 minutes long or something, and it almost feels like it could be longer. Like I, I want, I want more from the characters they have because they're they're so interesting. But kids. But yeah, but kids, and it's an origin story for superheroes, so you're not going to get everything that you want
3: out of that, yeah. Game, unfortunately. Yeah. Huh. So
1: now. Uh, Myros, why wasn't Blue Ruin nominated for anything? <laughs>
2: Uh, I didn't love Blue Ruin. Uh, I'm not complaining. The Blue Ruin wasn't nominated for anything, but I mean, Blue Ruin is kind of in the vein of like a Winner's Bone. It just, it didn't, yeah. you know. Whiplash got that indie push this year, and God bless the Academy for recognizing things like Winner's Bone and uh, Whiplash instead of you know the kids are all right and uh, <laughs> yeah, Little Miss Sunshine and Juno. Like, thank the Lord, they've gotten off their little.
1: Yeah, I think, do you have something against twee movies my
2: that- Well, if they're done right, Wes Anderson can make a million of them and I'll smile, but uh yeah, when is this like a, a factory production of that sort of garbage to please go away. Uh but I guess it, my my where I want to take the conversation is is there a reason? I mean, we're talking about comedies and sure. animation and and genre film like is there like I would say that my biggest snub even though I sh- certainly wouldn't expect it to be nominated on, in any universe, would be that the best film I saw that was not an Oscar nominee was The Raid 2. It was a just a astounding piece of cinema. It was perfectly put together, but it's not what they want. And is there a reason for that? Like, what defines exactly what they want? Do we want to get into that at all? Like, uh, wh- why are comedies kind of pushed to the side? Why are action films, regardless of their craft, just cast aside. Why, why is it always this same sort of bland, dramatic formula?
1: <laughs> I think with The Raid 2, um, you kind of run into the issue of, yeah, it's it's great, and the Academy doesn't like it because it's like, if you take like a John Woo movie or something like that that's that's critically acclaimed, it's sort of a throwback to that. It's just like super polished, great fight scenes, cool story, but there's no there's it doesn't have that air of this is important about it. And I think that's what the Academy looks for. The you know, whatever that X factor is where it's like, Ooh, this is this is so important. This is something we're gonna look back on in fifty years and everyone's gonna be like, Oh my god.
2: Yeah, we're gonna look back in fifty years on Foxcatcher and be like, yeah. Well, apparently, Ooh, apparently. Yeah. But I'm
1: just saying, like this is this is their perception versus reality, where I, I think, yeah, like a movie like Foxcatcher is gonna be forgotten, uh, I would assume. Whereas Which I think is. The Raid 2 is,
2: is pretty – it's big time. I don't disagree with you, but I disagree with that premise entirely because I think that, that the things that are lasting are techniques and the choreography of the raid and the, and its lighting and cinematography are are what's going to be remembered. It, it's a timeless action film. It, mm-hmm. it, it's almost like, you know, I'll watch RoboCop now. I'm not going to watch freaking – RoboCop 2014? Uh, well, no, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to watch uh, – <laughs> Dustin Hoffman divorce movie or whatever, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dustin Hoffman's divorce movie? Well, I, let, so
4: good,
2: we could even say The Rain Man. Like, if you're talking like some movies sure. in the late 80s, like, am I going to pop in The Rain Man and be, what a what a stunning contribution to cinema. Mean, but but Cop I mean, uh... is. It's almost the perfection of its damn genre, and one of those two is is regarded as important by this arbitrary panel of old men, and the other is not. <laughs> but Okay, so I think the distinction
1: here is there's what What you consider to be like you know important and timeless, and then there's populist movies, and then there's like what the Oscars are, which is something in between the two so this is the uh yeah. it's it's the Shawshank zone, basically <laughs> where yeah,
3: you're, yeah.
1: you're you're a prestige movie, but not really and you're you're not really timeless, you're just this thing that people for some reason think is timeless and important, even though it's just kind of like bland and inoffensive
2: right right it's, at least it,
1: uh,
3: it's quaffable. Quaffable.
2: There <laughs> you go. Yeah, I guess. I mean, at least like the Zeit guys can get behind a comedy or an action movie, like Guardians of the Galaxy. But it seems like this panel of arbiters cannot for some reason. <laughs> mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> yeah. One. Uh. Speaking of what the Oscars are and uh, this year's nominations. Um. The documentary thing. I'll, I'll just talk quick. Quickly about it. Uh, sure. Sure. Because uh, I don't. It strikes me as what had potential to be a really interesting category this year, and when I saw it, it was it was uh, deflating. It just isn't interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Citizen Four is going to win. Um, like that's that's the sh- probably the surest bet of the entire um, year, I guess. Like of, of yeah, yeah. other things, like Citizen Four is going to win, and from what I've heard, it's great, or or at least like exhilarating. Um, but I expected, like, I was doing research before the noms came out to watch a bunch, and a bunch that came up as, like, people's favorites and re- others that were recognized um, just didn't show up. Like, uh... We Are the Best? No, that's a, that's not a documentary. It's a foreign it? film. Not yeah, that, that's no, foreign. No. Oh, I thought it was a documentary. Um, my bad. No, no but, um... Uh, I've
1: really been doing my homework.
3: <laughs> life life Itself, uh which, which I saw this summer, and that was great, the Roger Ebert, um, Documentary. Um, that didn't get nominated. Uh, the Internet's Own Boy, that was p- picking up a lot of steam. That didn't get nominated. About the guy who invented Reddit. Um, huh. Also, Yodorowsky's uh, Dune was getting a lot of play, and that didn't right. get nominated either. Uh, yeah, and
1: that is surprising.
3: Instead, it, it's um, some of these I still want to see, but uh, like Last Days in Vietnam, I might watch, but I don't have a whole lot of interest. Um, it's sort of like they're. He yearly war throw in, um, uh, but I I watched Finding Vivian Mayer and I was just pissed, like pissed off the entire, um, whatever it is. Like it's an hour and a half long and it felt like it was like two, two and a half, and it's just it it's terrible. It's garbage, really. 2014's Blackfish, Sean. Uh, no, I'd rather watch Blackfish. Like Black, Blackfish knows what it's doing, and it's it's slight, but finding Vivian Mayer is just a mess. Um, and yeah. I have a question about that. I'd rather wave we... in the
4: brackish. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: What's I, your
1: question? Uh, with documentaries, obviously, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, I, I usually, because there's there's always a bunch, and I just sort of wait, and whatever trickles onto Netflix or whatever gets nominated, that's what I'll watch. Yeah. Uh, and it's always hard to tell what's worth my time and what's not. But that, that Vivian movie, I think I read about it. It sounds a lot like that in the El- realms of the Unreal movie. Are you familiar? Oh,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this, um, yeah, Henry Darger. It's the same exact story of like this extremely talented artist who um, whose work wasn't found or at least recognized in mm-hmm. the canon until uh, they were passed. Um, and that movie I haven't watched Uh, I I remember, like, really wanting to watch that movie a long time ago um, Mm -hmm. but never got around to it. But Finding Vivian Mayer, um, it brings up a lot of interesting questions that you, you know, just come with the territory of a story like hers or Henry Darger's um, about, like, art when it's recognized as good once it's in the the context of louder voices like Mm -hmm. MoMA and things like that. Yeah. Um. And what's interesting is the guy who made the movie, who's, like, a real estate agent, like, he, <laughs> he's terrible. Like, he, once again, like, it's that stupid, annoying thing where the documentarist, or whatever, it, oh, whatever it's Jesus. pronounced, makes himself, like, he doesn't know how to tell a story other than, this is... Make himself a character? This is what happened. Yeah. yeah. Um. And... And so it has that going forward, but also he plays into the problems where, like, he also, in the beginning of the movie, is like, oh, I found all these prints, and I thought they were good, but I didn't know they were good. Oh, God. He's like, <laughs> well, what do you need? What do you need? Like, Ugh. yeah, so, so, and, and then, like, he ends up, like, doubling back on that point where at the end he's like, he says stuff like, yeah, Moma didn't even want these uh, when I brought them. But it, it's just, like, all he really wants is, like, recognition himself rather Yeah, than for finding
1: more. this genius,
3: yeah. Yeah, so oh. he didn't do anything. All he did was a lot oh. of... Uh, he, he found something that he was like, oh, this is marketable, because once I put it on Flickr, people paid attention to me. Yep. Um, and then he did research after that, but... Sure, it sounds... Oh, go ahead, sorry. Don't watch the movie. Like, <laughs> look, look at Vivian Mayer's photographs, because they're amazing. They're, like, just astounding. That's mm-hmm. all you need.
1: Yeah, I, I had, the worst documentary that I saw was, uh, it popped up on Netflix, and I was like, yeah, why not? It was called, like, Finding Bill Watterson or Dear Mr. Watterson or something like that, mm-hmm. and it's about the guy who drew Calvin and Hobbes, or at least, ostensibly, it was about the guy who drew Calvin and Hobbes, when, in fact, it was just about this, like, shithead 20-something film student uh Trying to meet him basically and tell him how cool he is and talk about how cool he is. <laughs> like we all so need to know like how Michael
4: Moore hates America.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sort of. Basically, <laughs>
3: uh, yeah. It's but
1: it's just the most annoying shit ever because Bill Watterson's this really interesting kind of reclusive character, and everybody loves his, you know, Calvin and Hobbes comics. And this, this film student shit doesn't say anything. The movie The entire movie is about him when I was growing up, I used to cut out Calvin and Hobbes comics and paste them on my wall. yeah, go get fucked i don 't care. Yeah. You are every twenty three year old in America
2: did you buy a window <laughs> decal? I bet he did,
1: <laughs> I bet he did. <laughs> no, he actually touches on that he's just like, and then Bill got really upset when Calvin started peeing on things, he's like, oh, did he? because <laughs> I thought he 'd be pleased as punch. Like, well, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, things like that. When when a filmmaker of a documentary is an uninteresting schlub and he kind of like injects himself into the documentary, it's it's just it's awful. It's it's you're doing a disservice to your subject basically.
3: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, was there anything else we want to talk about this year?s No, I think I think we pretty much nailed. Oh, it. I, I did want to say um, I watched uh, a couple nights ago. I watched Two Days, One Night, um, which Marion Cotillard. <laughs> um, I like I like to say every every non uh american accent uh with an italian accent.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, from her uh, from her great movie uh Le Vie en Rose.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> La Vie en Rose. La Vie en Rose. And rose. Uh, La vie and rose. <laughs> Two days, a one night. Um no, but uh it's um a french movie uh, by the Darden brothers who um I've Liked for quite a, quite, quite a while. Um, they little made little. movies that start with the, as in the son, the child, the kid with the bike, the promise. Um, but this one is a departure in that sense. There's no um, the? There's no the, but uh, if, if you're familiar with their aesthetic and this fits in right with it, which is a good thing because every movie they make is just really simple but, like... It's simple in premise, but but just says a whole lot, um, and I, I would highly suggest that to anybody. And yeah, she's great cool. in it, obviously.
2: Yeah, I saw her in the immigrant last night. That was oh, a part yeah. of my catch up. Uh, that her performance is is worth watching the film for. But but in general, it was it was just another kind of not kind Joaquin of flat. Of, Joaquin is he's there. Uh, he's not. <laughs> He's not exceptional. Uh he's and again it was the movie is that your back of the box quote. <laughs> well, I, again I would say my well, back of the, the box best. Yeah, my back of the box <laughs> quote is is uh Watch it for Marion Cotillard. It's and really there's not really much else to, to recommend about it. It was it wasn't bad. It was just really flat. Huh. I, I I don't know about this James Gray. I had a really old Hollywood like it was trying to recreate this sort of 70s film, but it was uh, not exceptional in any way. I thought it was a really bland film once again. But hmm. there we go. I the, Ro-
3: the Rover is another one that uh, that is kind of oddly not mentioned anywhere.
2: Yeah, I guess we should probably that would be the last thing we ought to touch on is is Best Foreign Picture, which I've seen recently like I just saw Ida and uh also Nymphomaniac. Which, hey, there you go yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah let's let's end hey let's <laughs> end on a sexy note
2: yeah uh <laughs> uh Ida was uh beautifully filmed, I will grant it that uh again though world war II, uh, uh, i, just kinda, I Nazis. Just kinda, there it was post nazi but uh, you know there was lots of Nazi undertones uh mm-hmm. and again that just kind of makes me go half comatose immediately when they say the words like oh. World War II, I'm like, okay, enough, move that on. Is,
3: that, that's definitely one that, that uh, I really want to watch, that and We Are the Best.
2: I've seen both of them. I just watched both of them in the last two days. I, I liked both of them. They're both well worth watching, but I neither one was a life-changing experience. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're both nice little films, and uh, they both have great merit, but I, I guess the standout as far as foreign film to me was... Was old LVT Lars von Trier. He uh he he made a uh, a movie that was perhaps more ambitious in scope than uh, Richard Linklater this year. <laughs> and uh, hey, well you know Lars von Trier is a
1: guy that I could always pop in any of his movies and just really brightens my day. Feel good about yeah. myself.
2: Feel good about the world. Well, the thing about *Nymphomaniac* is, despite how sadistic and awful it is, it's it's not <laughs> uh, it's not him and depressive. Melancholy mode, or at all, like he—he's almost—it's almost a playful film. Like that—that's the thing about Lars von You can always pop on one of his movies and and tell what sort of mood he was in when he was making it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and this was obviously right after his uh, Cannes controversy, and he was uh, in the mood to uh, poke a bunch of pretentious French critics in the eye. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he—the he, the amount of references to Nazism and like. Rationalization of such nonsense—that's obviously nothing except uh, him pissing at people—is—is uh, is quite ridiculous and entertaining. And and the basic framework of the movie almost works as like a, a stage play. It's it's just uh, Skarsgård and uh, Gainsbourg uh, just basically having a philosophical debate, hmm. and then it it cuts away in standard Lars von Trier format to to various chapters. Of horrible uh, sexual exploits.
3: Did you watch uh, the director's cut or the regular?
2: I watched the director's cut. Uh, and boy, d- don't watch this one with with grandma. I'll say that there's it probably <laughs> features uh, the the night. Don't watch yeah.
3: nymphomaniac with grandma. So it's the <laughs> old uh, it's the old blue is the warmest color situation.
2: Well, uh, yeah, I would say it, it would it would qualify as hardcore pornography.
0: <laughs> Maybe
2: and, you haven't uh, met my grandma. And it, it it probably features... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say it features uh, at least 50, 50 distinct penises over the course of... What, the like movie. individual penises? Yeah, I would say. Wow. Yeah. Oh, That's pretty cool. Man. Spoiler. Like, it Shia doesn't LaBeouf. cover the, the
1: full like penis spectrum, like we're talking cut, uncut, just oh, yeah. over there. Oh, it's,
2: it's all there, man. Nice. <laughs> and It, it is... Uh, it's an intense film, but it's... It's got a lot to say and uh it's again Lars von Trier is not he's not dragging me through the mud this this time around. He's actually kind of having fun despite the heavy material and it, it shows through. Like it it's almost 6 hours long, but I didn't have trouble getting through it. It was uh Did you
3: watch yeah. it all in uh, at one go?
2: I did. Yeah.
3: Wow. Damn. Could I could <laughs> I watch it in little bits and pieces?
2: You could. I mean, it's obviously split into two chunks.
3: Yeah, there's a pause hmm. button on Netflix. Plus, um, plus you know. <laughs> someone's plus getting a little smarmy. Is, is plus, a
2: little... <laughs> you know, Lars, Lars, of course, does use <laughs> the service of, uh, of splitting all his films up into numbered chapters, so you can just stop when he's right. like. Well, hey, my only hey, hey, concern dude. is I, I don't want my neighbors to think that I'm just, like, watching hardcore <laughs> porn for six hours. I don't want to send that message. Well, at least it doesn't have, like, the. The audio track of a hardcore porn. I mean, if they were like watching you watch it, they'd be like, what the fuck? (laughs) But if you just close the blinds, you'll be fine. It's not like it's just a bunch of women (laughs) exaggerated moaning. I'm just
1: saying, like, you know, like I wouldn't want to order a pizza. And then the pizza guy's like, what are you doing? I'm like, Shia LaBeouf's penis is there. I mean, you know, I
2: don't know how he would uh, feel. That was a body double.
0: A body
4: double? uh, Yeah. I feel like something I'd be bragging about that. I'm like, yeah, I'm watching *Nymphomaniac*, so what? Oh, no, no,
1: okay. You want to party, Mr. Pizza Guy? <laughs> yeah. Huh. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe when I sit down and watch that with my grandma, I'll order a pizza and invite the guy in.
2: Could, be a, big, no. Could be a big sausage pizza scenario. Could
3: be a big sausage pizza scenario. Uh, another, another.
1: Uh, <laughs> what sounds a like
3: a, a blind spot for us this year. Um, blind side? Is the blind side, too? <laughs> so. Uh, no, yeah, is, uh, so. No, is Mr. Turner... Uh, Mike Lee who I like a whole bunch uh, I haven't been able to find uh, a version to watch but um, that's definitely one that, that I'm on the lookout for Sure. it's about a I, painter I,
1: I have, I'm not familiar I mean I'm familiar with him but I, I know nothing about the movie other than apparently it sounds really
3: right. Oscar Beatty but at the same time it's Mike Lee who's like the opposite of that sure but, yeah. yeah anyway cool alright Coleman you got anything to say for us Last word is yours,
4: uh, sir. Let's go get them. <laughs> what are you putting over this week, Steve? Oh, oh, shit. I haven't even really thought about that. Holy shit. Uh, let's go ahead and put over uh, the lineup for Bonnaroo 2015. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> the
1: Bonnaroo lineup 2015. Give me, give me three bands that make Bonnaroo okay.
4: Um, well... Uh, this is like a quiz. I feel like I'm... One, run the jewels, of course. All right. They're at every festival. Um, and uh, my my personal favorites, uh, Billy Joel. All right. And uh, Tears for Fears. Are those That's like? Made, are, are those underground? Like, I you uh, know, they basically should just call this Steve 2015, <laughs> Stephen Coleman <laughs> Festival 2015. Because as much as I had to – wanted to gripe about Coachella last week, and I was even making fun of the Bonnaroo lineup before it was announced. I was even Mm -hmm. having a conversation with a friend of mine the night it was announced. I was like, oh, yeah, well, I wonder who's going to be on this one. Is it going to be Brian Adams or some shit? (laughs) (laughs) Widespread panic, baby! (laughs) I mean – yeah, Crunchy yeah. Groove! <laughs> there's <laughs> obviously like the typical Drek, but I I can't help but be I, there's no way I would ever go, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited about it. Huh. Hey, that's all right. No
1: Steely Dan though, right? No, no. Yeah, they I, can't if, only they w-
4: if if they were, I'd be uh you know writing a tax write-off for optimism vaccine for us all to go down. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you
1: you and Devlin could do a, a feature. You could be his caretaker. <laughs> that would go over really well. Uh, I don't Marius, really want to put
4: that over, but
2: that's, go ahead. <laughs> hey, Sorry, <you> it. <laughs> that's, it's fine. I saw the lineup. That's a good thing to put over. Myros what are you putting over? What is the Oscar show? I'm putting over motherfucking Whiplash. Watch it, watch it again, <laughs> and watch it again and again. Motherfucking whip.
3: I am excited. I am excited to watch that again.
2: Yeah, me too. I am it, going it's...
4: to get my car after this and go. I'm not yeah, either. you <laughs> should.
3: Uh, and uh, yeah, it was one of the first movies that I had seen in a long time where I where I legitimately thought about watching it again as soon as it was over.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean, what are you putting over?
3: Uh, I'm putting over um, a new show that uh, is on HBO called Togetherness um, by the Duplass Brothers. Um, it's only two episodes in. This weekend marks the third episode. Um, I'm not, like, a huge Mumblecore fan, and I don't even know if this is Mumblecore, but their pedigree, at least, I'm not, like, like a huge... I don't have a foot in their camp. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm loving the show so far. The, the pilot was really good. I, I mean, the pilot kind of plays, like, the first 30 minutes of a Duplass movie, um, mm-hmm. but immediately through the second episode, um, it seems to have gotten its groove, like... It seems to say, like, well, yeah, you have to do that for a pilot. Um, the second episode is terrific and it's very episodic, um, but I, it's, it's a show that I'm super excited about every week.
2: Yeah, Excellent. I, I actually was not not planning on watching it, but I just gave it a, a watch after Girls there, and I, I was a little one over. I'm not a big Duplass guy. They're really hit and miss with me. Like Jeff Who Lives at Home is one of my least favorite Kevin. movies of all time.
3: Oh wait, uh, is, we need to talk about Kevin, who lives at home.
2: Yeah, that's that, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> anyway, like <laughs> uh, there were there were aspects of like <laughs> Steve, like Steve Zissis' character is great. The movie yeah. in general, or, or the show in general, it's it's got a lot of compelling characters. The yeah. compelling <laughs> side characters is fun to watch. <laughs> yeah,
3: the second episode is in, is. Incredibly, up, the, the second episode is incredibly awkward, but uh, it's really good. What <laughs> awesome. about you, Steve? I'm going to give it a watch. Uh, I'm going to put over another
1: article on Medium.com, which is quickly becoming my favorite thing on the Internet that I don't understand. I don't know what Medium.com is. It's a place <laughs> where people write things and put them. It's like a blog <laughs> thing for everyone. Give it to,
3: give it to our followers to, uh, you know, tweet, tweet at us if you want to tell us what Medium is. Tweet at us. We don't, get, we don't understand Medium. Give us an idea.
2: No, Patricia no. Arquette uh, talking to the dead or something. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's definitely So So uh, there's an article on Medium.com. It's called "If It Bleeds, It Leads." It's by a guy named J.R. Hennessy, and it's about uh, these new hamburgers that have been invented that bleed and stink like raw meat, even oh. though they're they're vegetarian hamburgers. <laughs> and it's not <nice>. like.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: it's it? it's awesome. Uh, you need to, you should it. link to that. You should link to that in the blog
1: post. I will. I will <laughs> definitely link to it in the blog post. It's uh, it's it's really fucking hilarious and well written, and it's it's just cool. It's the most compelling thing I've ever read about smelly vegetables that are like cows but not. Uh, so on that note, uh, yeah, we're gonna wrap things up. Coleman, any last words? No, I'm good. Okay. Well, you you had the you you I'll had the last you. word for every episode, so you got You got to give us a last word now.
4: Oh, go see... You should watch Frank. It's on Netflix. Oh, right,
1: yeah. i
0: want to.
4: Watch Frank. Watch Frank. All right. Okay. That's it. Shutting down.